What's happening, guys? Welcome back to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. So I did a awesome sales training inside of a new group for contractors. So those of you know, I created a huge painting contractor group, but it got really, really big. And I feel like it's hard to be impactful with 180,000 people in it. So I created a private group on Facebook just for contractors. And what we're doing is free training every Tuesday. Um, I'm going to do my best to keep up with this. However, I'd love for you to join in uh, on this training on this in this group if you're on Facebook. And this is one of the trainings that we did. This was the first one. So I'm going to drop a link to the group in the bio. Um, so you can be there for the live uh, portion of the trainings. And uh, the only thing that I ask, I don't ask much on this podcast, but what I would absolutely love for you to do is leave me a review on this podcast. I haven't asked much, but uh, I want to get the word out and expand my ability to impact, which is what my goal is. And if you could please leave a review on this podcast, I would be grateful. Um, and I know that you're going to get something out of this training. So if you did, please share uh, inside of the group that you received some value as well, and maybe even share uh, how this training has impact your next sale. So enjoy it. It's a long one, but every minute of this training, I guarantee will be valuable for you. Thanks. Contractors all over the world are wanting more, more time, more freedom, more impact. The way we do this is through implementing systems, processes, standards. Welcome to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Here we hit business strategy, coaching, mindset, motivation, the tools you need for success. So strap in, listen up, and get ready to grow on the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Guys, happy to be here with you all. Um, so I created a new group. 250 people joined that group in one day with, and the only call to action I had on it was that I was doing a free sales training. So most people were motivated to come to the sales training and I have 20 people uh, in this in this meeting. So uh, first of all, I want to thank you because you're clearly showcasing that you want more out of life uh, than just saying things. You actually do things, which means to me that I'm not going to waste my breath today on this free training. I'm not going to sell you anything. This is just me training on sales because I like sales and uh, I want to help you. So there's no I don't, I don't even have an offer at the end of this. This is just me liking, uh, I like the coach, I like to teach. And I think uh, this is a topic that you probably haven't heard about unless it was probably from me. Um, so we're going to talk about this and I'm going to give you some strategies today. Uh, some of you guys might be on your way to an estimate. You're probably, you guys are probably in the best shape because you're probably going to take some of this and use it on your next estimate. So um, I know some of you are driving. I know some of you are not driving. We're going to participate a little bit. So uh, at the end, we'll be able to do some Q and A uh, we'll, you know, we'll have a chat. So I'm going to get into it. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have ever seen my sales training before. If you have, and same, uh, there's the principles are going to be the same, but as I continue to grow, uh, I'm going to continue to refine, um, my process as well. So you guys are going to learn some stuff here. So we got some more people coming in. Um, and I'm sure people will begin to trickle in a little bit more. If you can, just mute your mute your mic. Um, if you can, if you guys feel like there's going to be some noise, and you know, uh, if you know, we'll have an opportunity to to collaborate and, and all work together. So again, I want to thank you guys for being here, and uh, we're going to get into this because this is going to help you guys 
win this game. Okay. And that's what I want you to do is win the game. And really it's just a change of mindset when you get into an estimate, right? When we go into an estimate, you know, some of the things that you guys may have heard me say is that I don't want to be an order taker. You know, another analogy I use is, well, maybe not an analogy, but a scenario is, are you following the customer around their house or are you leading them around their own house? And I think that is an easy way to determine if you're selling or you're estimating. There's a place for for estimating. Estimating has its, uh, you know, obviously has its place in the sales process. But if you're really going to push the needle, we need to find other ways than price to get people to say yes to us. I think we would all agree. Some of us are spending thousands of dollars on leads, on marketing. Some of us are uh, you know, in a position where you just really have no consistency in your sales process at all. You show up to every estimate and you're kind of like, okay, well, you know, where do I begin? And, you know, if you don't have what I believe to be a Swiss army knife in your back pocket, um, when it comes to every single scenario that a customer can throw at you, you are unable to create consistency. So this is something that I'm going to teach you that I've done over and over and over again. Um, the cool thing is, is there's a finite amount of reasons why people want their house painted, their cabinets done. Uh, they want these services done. And if we know what those reasons are, then we can build values around those problems. So everything that I do in all of my sales, whether that's painting or drip jobs, is we highlight a problem, we provide a solution. That is exactly what we need to do. And there's problems that your customer knows that they have, and there's problems that your customer doesn't know they have that you're going to have to provide value. So that's what I'm going to teach you today. I'm going to give you some questions that you're going to answer. Um, I have to stop letting people in at some point. People are keep stringing in. It was nine o'clock. So, you know, sorry about that. Sorry for the delay here, guys. I want to give people another minute to join in. So, um, so we're going to get into it. All right. So this is the art of building value. Value is the difference between what they expect to pay and what you are charging. Okay. And usually uh, if you are a self-respecting contractor, which all of you are, you understand that in order to not just compete, but to grow, you need to sell your jobs for more than the average. So what do we need to do? Well, there's this intangible thing called value that we must understand to its core, because really what we're trying to do is we're trying to get people to make a illogical decision. In other words, if they're presented with two painting companies or two flooring companies or two roofing companies, what is helping them make a decision to spend a little bit more money for someone else rather than the company that's charging less? Well, it all has to do with value, not just the value that you give, but how they perceive the job. So in other words, you look at a guy that's you know renting out a house, we would all agree that these customers don't excite us, right? If you guys get a call from somebody that's renting out a property, you know, ultimately, you know off the bat, he doesn't value you, right? However, we don't just write those customers off. We just need to find a way to get that person to value us. And I think that's the game that we need to understand how to play if we're going to win consistent jobs, okay? Um, so ultimately, capitalizing on opportunity is how you get from good to great. So what we're doing today is we're going to discuss some ways to capitalize on opportunity. Just a reminder, guys, if you can't just mute your mics, if you're in here, some of you guys don't even know your mics are on. Um, they're always on, they're always listening. So just make sure you guys mute them. All right, so let's get started here. I'm going to give you guys value today. That's the goal is to get you guys to see uh, a different way to approach your sales. Every time you go to an estimate, you're going to have a new strategy that you may not have thought of. And instead of just going to each house, kind of just letting the customer dictate how this process goes, you're going to have more of 
a, I would say more of an aggressive approach, but actually you're going to have something uh, that you can use over and over and over again. And you're going to know what to look for and how to provide value in a fast way, because it matters. The timing of how you provide the value is just as important as, as the value in and of itself. If you go to a house and you do that estimate, and then you think three days later, of something you should have said to somebody that doesn't that you know your your window of time has now passed so what you say within that 30 45 minutes to one hour uh, is so important i'm going to give you the strategies today okay all right so let's get into it uh the art of building value so most of your customers are confused most of your customers really don't do this type of service but every 10 years so what that means is that we have to have a certain level of empathy and awareness okay so uh in other words guys if you really just pulled all your customers and you'd say, well, when was the last time you hired a painting contractor or a roofing contractor or a flooring contractor? Generally speaking, it's between five and 10 years ago. So that means that they're not trained in the area of hiring contractors. In other words, you guys probably have been to a restaurant and chances are you don't wait three or four years to go back. You know how the buying process works at a restaurant. You're trained. You know what to look for. You know if you don't get someone that comes up to your table within 20 minutes of sitting down that this is probably not going to be a good experience today, right? I think we all know that. So the thing about it is, is that mm -hmm. if people aren't trained in how to buy, the risk is higher, which means that they don't really... You know, they don't really know what to expect. They have questions that obviously might seem silly to you or basic to you that you're not making, not, you're not placing emphasis on. You're not lowering the barrier. Okay. And that's what I want you guys to understand is that you need to lower the barrier for people to get them to agree to hire you. Okay. So we're going to use a lot of these strategies today to help you do that. So think about uh, what your customers are thinking about. So that's, you know, that's, that's a pretty easy one there, but what questions do your customers have? What problems do they have? And what is their end goal? Now, you know, we're going to get into the different types of motivations, but this is something that you should be doing is positioning yourselves as your customer. What is, what are, what are they thinking about? Like if you've never hired a painting contractor before, like what are some things that they're thinking about? And some of us are getting these questions and they're just such basic questions, but that might be the highest level question for somebody is, well, how does the color process work? Or how does the prep process work? Or how does, you know, what is the time frame? And like, so each one of your customers has a different thing that is really important to them. And I think as customers ourselves, we need to, again, identify that, you know, if we hadn't hired a painting contractor and we're not in the painting contractors group and we don't do this every day, we're going to have those same questions, right? So again, that's where empathy comes in. Empathy is just putting yourselves in someone else's shoes and again, being patient enough, but being deliberate enough to lower those barriers and say what you need to say to get them to trust and believe in you. Again, you might think, you know, this, this stuff is pretty vague, but this is what gets people to pay more for what seems to be the same service, okay? And that's what we're gonna to do today is increase the chances of getting hired. So there's two types of questions that customers have, questions that they know they have. So again, I gave you some examples. What, you know, what's, how does the process of picking colors work? You know, what is the process of prep? You know, are, are you gonna pressure wash the day before? You know, every time somebody asks me that, hey, are you guys gonna pressure wash? I'm thinking, duh, you know, why wouldn't we clean your house? Well, this might be a silly question to you because you do this so much, but to somebody that's not getting, you know, somebody that's that doesn't have 
um, this happening over and over and over again, you know, that's something that they may have heard from a neighbor that said, well, they didn't pressure wash my house, uh, the contractor I hired. So make sure you ask that. Right. So when I hear these basic level questions, you know, and obviously the customer's not going to be like, Hey, do you pressure wash? Hey, do you do this? Hey, do you do that? Hey, do you do that? No, they ask like, they're probably their top three questions. Um, you know, these people might be lawyers, they might be doctors, they might be, uh, you know, they might work at a hospital. It's like, you know, this thing that they have to begin the process of purchasing, like painting their house is just a little blip in their life. And usually they don't start doing any research until they get an estimate. And again, we got to have compassion toward that, right? We have to understand that if someone's asking a question, we have to hit on that question really hard. So if someone says, I think actually my, my, actually my pressure washing contractor, Willie, I think is here. Willie, are you in here? Raise your hand. Is that you? So yeah, apply the pressure. Yeah, that's him right there. So he's actually in here listening to this. Um, and one thing that I do whenever someone asks if we get if we pressure wash their house is I say, hey, just so you know, we actually send a, a pressure washing subcontractor that ha has all of the equipment, all of the licensing to do a fantastic job for you. We actually realize that we're really good at painting. He's really good at pressure washing. He's going to contact you a week before uh, we start your job, right? So instead of just saying, yeah, we pressure wash, I'm building value. Okay. That's building value right there. And I'm building value in a way that benefits that customer. Okay. So we're, we're being snipers. We're not just shotgunning information during this 30 minute stretch of time where maybe only 10 or 15 minutes of it is us talking. So the information that I do give, I want it to be memorable because again, the customer is going to tell me what's most important to them. And then there's questions they don't know they have. And if, I am a good salesperson. I'm going to assess the scenario and I'm going to lead them toward my solutions. And I'll explain that here in this training. Okay. So what I'm going to do guys, we have about 40 people in here. There's people coming in and out. This is the perfect amount. So I'm going to ask you as I go through this to just type in the chat. And the reason I'm doing this is because I just want to know that you're listening. I want to know that you're getting value. Okay. So if I asked you, just please just Type whatever I ask you in the chat. So in this case, I'm asking if you're getting something out of this or you feel like this is going to be beneficial to you, just put a number one in the chat. And then it just gives me motivation uh, to, to keep bringing the fire. Okay. So first we have some questions that your customer uh, knows they have. Again, how much will it cost? So we all know that this is the big question. That's why they called you. How much does it cost? That's what you're there to provide is a pricing assessment of what it would cost to paint their house, to put a roof on, to do flooring, to do trim work, to refinish something. That's the big question. What does it cost? So when someone comes to me, I understand that that's the big question. So I'm not offended if their mindset is they want to get the best deal. I understand that everyone who you've ever you know, did an, a sale with obviously wants the better end of the deal. Okay. The second big question that your customers know they have is what is the time frame? And how do I know that these are the big questions? Because I'm a consumer. I, these are my questions. I've hired a bunch of contractors in the last year. And these are my two questions. How much does it cost? And what is the time frame on when it can be done? So we're expected to provide the answer to these questions. And of course, everyone 
uh, does. Okay, that is everyone's question. What is the cost and when will it be done? Okay, so let's get those out of the way because you won't sell jobs if that's the only question that you're asking or you're answering. Okay, so we need to provide different uh, different answers to different questions. Okay, so here's the questions that your customers don't know they have. And this is the one that you should be focusing on as soon as you walk through the door. This is going to set the tone for your sale. Why should I pay more for you? So when I step foot at the door, I know they have the question of how much it's going to cost. And I know they have the question of what the time frame is. These are questions that anyone would have. However, I go in with the approach of I'm here to showcase to you why you should pay more for me. So instead of going there, just looking at the job, my mindset is, okay, I need to figure out what's important to this person and how I can align the value that I have with this customer specific scenario by default, that will help them justify paying more for me. Okay. So our entire sales press sales process is surrounded by this question. So if you don't charge premium pricing and win jobs consistently, you will not grow your business. That's just impossible, okay? So some of you right now in this meeting are paycheck to paycheck. You're struggling to find work. You're struggling to close deals. You're going to estimates aimlessly and then you're leaving the estimate and you don't feel good about yourself because you feel like, man, I should have said this or I should have said that or man, I wanna call that customer back and tell them that I can give them a better deal. And really it's because you didn't leave with confidence knowing exactly the problem the customer had. You, yes, they need painting done. Yes, they need pressure washing done. Yes, they need you know, the roof clean. They need flooring installed. But if you don't understand the deep motivation and the destination to its core, it's really hard for you to win the game of sales. Okay, so let's get into that. So there's two primary factors as to why people make buying decisions. Okay, there's two factors, and this is with everything, cost and value. That's it. Most of us buy things because we justify the cost. Most of us buy other things because we can justify the value. So if you're not providing value and the two other competitors that are giving quotes aren't providing extreme value, then ultimately the customer makes their best decision based on the cost. So in other words, they have quotes in front of them and no one was memorable. No one stood out. No one's going above and beyond in relation to the customer specific needs. So the customer just says, okay, well, I mean, I'm just gonna go with the cheapest price here because I can't justify paying more. So what I do is I try to create a scenario that forces them to at least say, well, Tanner's doing this. And if I do that on a consistent basis, I'm, you're gonna find that customers will pay you more because again, you're aligning your solutions with their problems. I'm going to give you guys an example of drip jobs. Most of you know that drip jobs is more expensive than Joist. If you've ever used Joist, you know, Joist is a great tool. I used it for years. However, whoever made Joist isn't a contractor. He's not because if he was, then he would have created solutions that drip jobs has. In other words, pretty much saying that he is not creating solutions in a way that aligns with his customers on a repeated, consistent basis. The interesting thing is I run a painting business. I'm a contractor. So the same problems that you and I go through are the same problems that we provide solutions for in drip jobs as I go through them. And then you guys go, that's a great feature. And I go, yeah, I know, because I go through that problem too. So that's why it's worth paying more. And if you guys can understand this at its core in your painting business, in your roofing business, in your flooring business, in your pressure washing business, you will realize that sales is really just 
what you say and how you say it and, and the value that you provide. So cost is there's not enough value to justify paying more or seeking a better alternative. Okay. So my primary motivator is how much can I save? So once a customer gets their three bids, now it's, well, okay, I can't tell the difference. Everyone's using the same product. Most of us all use the same product, right? Most of us use, you know, the same, you know, the same product when it comes to cleaning or flooring insulation or paint, right? And then the value I'm receiving is far more than the cost to pay. Therefore, I'm okay with paying more because I'm getting something extra out of it. Make I want to make this clear. People aren't stupid. They are not just going to spend extra money because they like you, right? They, they most people spend extra money because they're getting something in return. So I just want to remind you guys, if you can, just mute your mics. I know some of you guys are working, driving, doing all sorts of things. So if you can, just mute your mics. We get a little background noise. Um, so any, in any case, guys, so what we're doing here is we're just, again, we're focusing on this intangible thing called value that can't be quantified. However, uh, what we're doing is we're converting people to be thinking from thinking about price to thinking about um, the value that we're offering. Okay. So again, guys, if you can't just mute your mics, uh, please. And thank you. Okay. So as we go through this, the key is understanding how to convert a cost-based customer. Okay. To a value-based customer. So if you can understand how to convert somebody who is primarily motivated by the cost and how much they can save to a customer that then now can justify paying more, you will win this game. Now, we're not going to get everyone. However, if you can convert one to four more opportunities from a cost-based customer, someone that really just was only focused on getting the best deal to someone that says, okay, if I go with that company, I'm getting way more value, then you're going to notice a really big shift in your sales process. And as you find this over and over and over again, you're like, man, I'm closing away deals than I was in years past. What if we, what if Hold on, guys. If you can, I got some. I got some background noise. I'm trying to figure out. Who hey, it is. If you could just mute. There you go. All right, cool. I think I found him. All right, so here we go. So we're gonna go into uh, exactly what this. First, we need to identify what is a cost-based uh, customer. So a cost-based customer is somebody that is motivated by money and cost, right? They're trying to maximize their savings. Every customer wants to get a deal, but this customer went into it wanting to get a deal their focus is i'm gonna get the best deal they don't particularly value the service you offer okay and we're gonna get into that so next they haven't been through the pain of paying less this is what i call the tattoo theory so those of you that have tattoos i don't have any tattoos but there was an opportunity in high school where this guy was doing tattoos for everyone out of his backyard and it was $40 for a tattoo. I was playing football. All my football teammates were getting them. They were getting like these tribal tattoos. I was broke and I could not afford $40 for a tattoo. And it's funny because his tattoos were terrible and they were cheap. And a lot of people that have gotten those tattoos have since covered them up. So in other words, when they got them covered up, they realized that it's worth paying more for a professional because going through the pain of getting a crappy tattoo uh, is you know, something that's memorable for them to value paying more, right? So 
cost-based customers are usually customers that have never hired a painting contractor before, right? Or a different type of contractor. Again, if you can't identify who you're working with, it's hard to build value. So these are the things that you should be looking for. If you have someone that's never been through a poor experience with a contractor, this is where you want to focus your attention on and help them see why it's worth paying more. Again, we're getting into this here in this training. So first, thank you guys. We have like 40, 50 people in here now. Um, really happy that you guys are here. If you're getting something out of this, if you could just put uh, a number two, so I know that you guys are paying attention and I didn't waste my time making this and you guys are getting some value. Because again, there's no, those of you early on, I told you, I'm not selling anything today. There's no offer at the end of this. I just love teaching um, and I love giving you guys value. Okay, so uh, they haven't been through the pain of paying less. We just talked about the tattoo theory. They trust in their decision making ability too much, right? So the customer says, I can decide who the best fit for me is, right? I don't really need to be sold. I'm going to do the assessment, okay? And then doesn't place a high value on home upkeep is another character characteristic. So those of you that are in the cabinet refinishing business, very rarely will you deal with cost-based customers. I mean, yeah. unless they just want their cabinets, you know, painted. Uh, actually, I, you know, I take that back because there are people that just think you can go and well, just, probably and so, um, you know, that, you know, that could be the case. So these are the characteristics of a cost-based customer. Okay. And I'm going to try to give you guys scenarios. I know that some of you guys are in the pressure washing business, cabinet business, um, so on and so forth. So who are these types of customers? These are your renters, your house flippers, your realtors, people that get an HOA letter, your home sellers. So this makes up a large majority of the people that actually buy our services. Um, so for us, you know, most of us who charge premium pricing, which is a lot of you guys in here, when we hear that someone's selling their house or they're renting it out or they're flipping it or, you know, they got an HOA letter and they have to get it done or they're selling their house. Most of us get demotivated. I do because I just know that like, man, these people don't really value what we built. Most of us built our brand and our company and our product and the experience that we create for people that are living in their home and want to make it better, right? They care about the guys that come in. They care about the experience. However, we can't just write off all these people because again, this is a huge sector of our lead flow or these types of customers. So we still need to find a way to sell to them. And this is going to be the best example of me showcasing you guys value and how to sell to these types of customers. So how do we win them? Number one, we can lower our price, right? That's the easiest way to win customers. That's valuable, but is it how we grow our business? No, it's not. We can't grow our business that way. Number two, we can offer an incentive. Okay, that's pretty good. We could do that. However, um, the incentive is usually cost-based. So it's usually money or you know some sort of discount, again, lowering our price. And then three, we can agree to price match. Ultimately, this puts you in a vulnerable position as a business owner and creates a lose-lose scenario. We don't want to comp compromise our standards uh, because a customer doesn't value us the same way another customer does. That's not how we operate. That's not how you're going to succeed. So how do we charge premium pricing to these types of customers? Number one, uh, we can build value in relation to their specific goals. If you don't know their goals, though, how can you build value for them, right? So if we're not inquiring, if we don't have a general understanding of what the expectation is, how can we build value, okay? So next, we're going to go into if you know the ends, then you can satisfy the means to get there, right? So if you know what the end goal is, if you know what the destination is for the customer, then you're focusing on what that destination is and how you, as the contractor, can help get them there. Um, I hate to say it, but 
they don't really care about you as much as they do what you can produce for them. That's why you're there, right? You know, otherwise you wouldn't be there. They wouldn't pay you their hard-earned money. So ultimately make their focus your focus. So what's the uh, second question of a cost-based customer? What's the time frame on when it can be done? So we talked about the first question, which is what's the cost? That is obviously something that we could just go in, give them a price and leave. We could all do that. None of us are going to do that though. We hang in there, right? We all want to win the job. We're all trying to build value. But if we have a cost-based customer, even though this is their hottest, one of their hottest questions is cost, that doesn't get us very far because it's tangible and it's really hard to build value. Lowest price is the only way you can really build value and satisfy the question of what's the cost, right? However, that second question that our cost-based customers have, which is, I believe always going to be our, you know, this is going to be ultimately what our customers in this regard bite on is what's the, what's the time frame it can be done. Okay. So what I've found is with these sorts of customers, time is the only leverage that we have to help them justify paying more. Okay. So you're talking about your house renters, right? So obviously if it's the 20th of the month and they're asking for a quote on a house that they're renting out and it was just moved out of, you need to understand right off the bat that they want to get that house listed for the first of the month or else they miss a rent check. Would, would we all agree with that? If you agree with that, press the number three, put the number three in the chat. If you understand at its core that if a if an investor sends you to go do a quote on the 20th and the house is empty and you are and you are the painter or you are someone that is crucial on getting that house ready to be sold, that they want the job done by the first so they can rent it out and collect a rent check. Okay. Hey, Tanner. And some of us will make the mistake. Some of us will make the mistake of not making this a focus in our exchange, right? They're not, we're not making this a focus. We're not emphasizing how we can help them deliver on that goal, right? So, in other words, when someone calls me that's a renter, I say, "Oh, it's the it's the twenty. I say it's the twentieth. Okay, so you're calling me to give you an estimate. Hey, before we go any further, just so you know, I know you want to get this house rented. I think we can squeeze you in before the first and get it done if everything lines up. Okay. Now, I've just turned a cost based customer into someone that is a value-based customer. And we know that value-based customers pay more if they can justify it, right? So if he's presented with three contractors and the other two contractors can't get in there till the 10th, but I promise to get in there before the 30th, who's he going to hire? Well, chances are he's going to hire me because he gets an immediate return on his investment. So this is the mindset, this is the framework of what we're going to be doing here today in this training. And I want you guys to prepare for this because if you can master this, you become a Swiss army knife, right? And if we all, if you don't know what a Swiss army knife, it has a bunch of different tools that come out of it. You can do all sorts of things. Okay. So if I can maneuver, if I can maneuver my schedule, in other words, if I can fit you in next week, Will you allow me to earn your business, right? So once we get that proposal in the hands of that customer and we say, hey, listen, if I can maneuver my schedule, in other words, if I bend over backwards for you and make this happen because I know what your goal is, will you allow me to earn your business? I'm not talking about the paint. I'm not talking about my team, right? I'm not talking about my story. They don't care. They care about getting the house rented, right? So- 
that's the focus. And we have only really a short amount of time to build this value. You know, think of it like this, guys. Think of that one interaction where you go to do the estimate as the only interaction that you get with your customer. You have one shot. That's the impression. It's like a job interview every day, right? So if you guys interview people, in most cases, they get one shot with you to wow you on the interview. And if they don't, guess what? Very rarely do they get another shot. So treat each opportunity as if you get one shot, you get 30 minutes to build value. Why are we talking about things that don't matter to this customer? Okay, this is what you should be thinking about. So what you've now done is added value in a way that is important to them. They are then faced with a tough decision. Number one, they can pull the trigger and get to their ends faster. So what we've done is we've put pressure on our customer to make a tough decision. In other words, we are, we are creating a short circuit. So in most cases, these people think I got to get the best deal. However, Tanner comes along he short-circuited my decision-making process and offered me this thing called value because I know it was valuable to this customer. And now I have to make a tough decision. I have to short-circuit my logic. And that's how you create value for customers. Next is I can reject Tanner and risk a longer delay just to save some money. Okay, you could. We could take the risk of going with another contractor who wasn't in this training, who isn't certain, right? He's not bold. He's not on my team. He's not making me feel like he's got this under control because he just went and did an estimate and emailed it. He didn't even mention anything about getting it done quickly. He didn't promise me it could be done by the first, right? That is risky. And people like to shy away from risk as we all do. And in some cases, we'll spend more money to avoid risk. Okay. Cause what'll happen is he can go another whole month without getting the house painted. And then he could let, he could, he could lose out on two months worth of rent. Okay. If you guys are getting something out, let's put a number four, four in the chat. So I know that this was valuable to you. I'm looking at the number of chats that go up. So I love to see that you guys are, are getting something out of this. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Um, I love this stuff, you know, fall in love with the process of, of, of sales and understanding because Sales is what moves the needle. Marketing does its job in most cases. It gets you people that are interested. How you capitalize on that is what we're learning today. If you can capitalize on every lead that you get, we all know that that would change your business dramatically. So first, the key is to understand that not everyone buys the same way. Not everyone values the same thing. Some of us go into every estimate with the same strategy, probably because you don't have one. And that's why you're here. But ultimately, we have to understand that not everyone buys the same way. Not everyone values the same thing. So if you have this script that you go in with on every single estimate, okay? And in that script, you go, hey, my name's Tanner with Premium Painting. Hey, let me tell you a little bit about my story. And let me tell you about the paint that we use. And let me tell you about our process. And let me tell you about all these things. And your customer's just nodding and nodding and nodding and nodding. And you don't find out if they're moving out of their house or not. You're just talking in circles to a customer that really doesn't value all the things that you're saying. Chances are they might not even be in the same house as you when you're painting. They might be moving out next week and they're preparing for an empty house for you to paint. But you're so caught up in your script, your same old script over and over again. It's hard to build value with someone like that. Okay, so 
Your job is to align the value you're able to offer with the specific customer's needs. Okay, that is your focus. So again, converting cost-based customers to value-based customers is what we need to do, but we need to understand what is a value-based customer. So a value-based customer is someone, number one, that values the experience, right? So this is somebody that, you know, these are our best customers, guys. These are the ones that honestly are the reason we're able to grow our business because these people justify paying more than someone who's just focused on cost. If everyone that we interact with only went with the lowest price, that would be a very bad thing in our business. That would be a race to the bottom. And ultimately we wouldn't be able to give pay raises and build a culture and you know spend money on nice wraps and vehicles. In, in order to do that, we need profit. And in order to do that, we need to sell our jobs for more. So these are our best customers because they've either been through something before, like a bad tattoo, and they value a good experience, right? Um, another one is someone that understands what it takes to run a solid operation. Aren't these the best customers? The people that maybe have been business owners, or if they just say, hey, like, you have the best team. Like, I'm so glad I hired you. Or, oh, wow, yeah. Do you have all the insurances? Do you have the workers comp? Like, these are the customers that are educated and understand like, hey, I, I need, I want a good solid team coming in here. And look guys, we're not selling a commodity. We are working on people's homes. In other words, the leverage is it's risky if they hire someone that doesn't have their stuff together because ultimately the risk is, is they could do damage to their home or cause chaos. Or again, this is their living environment, right? So beautiful that we have value-based customers uh, in our industry. Next, we have uh, these customers, which will factor in more than just cost when making a decision. All right. So these people just don't care about cost, which is great because we don't have to overcome the cost barrier. We understand right off the bat that these customers value. Our goal here is to figure out what they value and provide that value to the customer. And these other customers, these value-based customers can justify paying more for quality or convenience. Next, they value great communication and transparency. So these are your customers that are going to propel your business and what we want to do is we want to convert those cost-based customers to value-based customers, okay? So we're going to get into that. So the truth is everyone cares about price until price isn't the most important thing anymore. It's your job to facilitate that notion. So even our value-based customers will care about price. We can't just assume that everyone you compete against is a crappy contractor and doesn't do things the right way. We can't just assume that. Like, you know, the industry's elevating. And, you know, there is a weaning out process that's going to be happening. And ultimately, like these customers that you want, do the research. They're not just going to like let anyone come and give them a quote. Chances are they go to Google, who has the most reviews, you know, it's the top three companies. Boom, that's who they call for the estimate. So ultimately, even if you're a company with 200 five-star reviews and another company has 100 five-star reviews and the other one has 50 five-star reviews, if you're not providing value in a unique way, that value-based customer that we love so much isn't just going to pay you more. Like they're going to go with the best price because they're like, ultimately all three of these companies are good. Why would I pay more for Tanner? You know, they, they're all going to do a good job. So this is the trick here. And we're getting in a position where we just think because we show up in a nice vehicle and we wear a polo, you know, and we do our little, you know, little measurement, you know, whatever that is. And we present our price, like, you know, and we pet the dog and we, you know, go through a photo album with the kit. Like we just think that that's going to get people to pay a thousand or $1,500 more for us. And ultimately that's not true. So again, people do care about price. It's just to what degree do they care about it? Everyone wants the better end of the deal. So everything that you've ever purchased and everything your customers ever purchased, they felt like they were getting the better end of the deal. So can you position your solution in a way that makes people think 
that they are getting the better end of the deal, right? So how do we do that? Value, okay? So we're better get everyone wants to feel like they're getting the better end of the deal. It's all arbitrary anyway, uh, you know? So ultimately the goal here is the perception that they're getting a better deal. I'm not saying uh, be, you know, manipulative. I'm saying just make sure you deliver on that promise. That's that's a good business, you know? So um, that's where the value comes in is getting people to feel like they're getting the better end of the deal. So here's the definition of value. This is the big word, the big term today is the regard that something um, that something is held to deserve uh, the importance, the importance, worth or usefulness of something. So value is something that's useful or it's of worth or it's of importance to someone. So let's talk about this for a second. I'll give you an example. Some of you who do painting, you do spraying outside. When you go up to a house, you need to identify, like one of the things that I look for is like, does this person like love their garden? Like, is this something that someone really like enjoys? Like, can you tell that they spent time out there or they paid someone a lot of money to make their garden nice? You know, this is something that I, without the customer telling me, am going to emphasize without the customer telling me. So remember we talked about, there's questions that your customer has that they know they have. And then there's questions that your customer doesn't know they have that I'm going to create, and then I'm gonna provide value. So one of the things is, is, hey, Mrs. Jones, looks like you work out in your garden a lot. You know, is, looks like it's something that's important to you. Oh my God, yes, I'm out here every day, sweating my tail off in the 110 degree Florida weather, and it's my most prized garden, I love it. Mrs. Jones hasn't had a painting job done in 10 years. If, if I don't know yet, but I'm just assuming, right? Chances are, you know, not every painting company sprays right? Like we do. Some, some might, whoever, if she hires someone else, they might. So one of the things that I'm going to emphasize to Ms. Jones is, and this is about you being a great business and doing what's right, because it's hard to sell things like this. If you don't do things the right way, I'd say, Mrs. Jones, I just want to let you know that your garden is important to me. And you might not know this, but when we're out here painting and, you know, the job is in motion, there could be a chance that overspray or roller splatters could get on your plants. This is something that's unacceptable to us. And what will happen is, is you'll see those little specks of paint all over the leaves and all over the flowers. And obviously we know that could cause damage. And you spend so much time out here, I, I would never want for that to happen. So do you mind if I just explain to you how we solve that problem? Well, Mrs. Jones didn't even think about that because she doesn't understand what the process of painting is and how it works. That's for us to understand. And that's for us to highlight the problem that she's going to have and then provide the solution. Now, if you're a company that actually focuses on this, you deserve to advertise that, right? So you put in a process in place where you cover everything with plastic and you have a system in place where you remove the plastic so it doesn't get baked in the sun and kill the plant, right? So, you know, ultimately you have things that you do that you're not even advertising to your customers. And the only time they get to see it is when you actually get the job and that's too late. So in other words, Mrs. Jones, what I'm telling you is, is that your garden is very important to me. And we're going to make sure that none of the plants get damaged or killed. Uh, if, if we were to earn your business now, did I mention the other contractors? No, but did I create a question for Mrs. Jones for the next estimate? Yes. Okay. So guess what? She might just kind of sit back and let the next guy come and he doesn't even mention the plants. She might not be that sort of individual to say, Hey, what are you going to do with my plants? Right? 
And he might say, oh, don't worry about it. We won't get any pain on it. Oh, okay. Value. Tanner is actually going to focus on what's important to me. Now I might get somebody who doesn't care about their plants. Do you think I'm going to mention that? Absolutely not. They don't care. Their garden looks like crap, right? So these are the things that I want you to start thinking about. And again, you might be doing this stuff. You might be protecting plants and trenching the perimeter and moving furniture, right? Like that might be something moving furniture that you do on every job or take down the window treatments. However, you're not even emphasizing it during the interaction that you have. The customer has absolutely no clue. And you're thinking that it's normal when it's not. So again, for Mrs. Jones, the value is, okay, specific to her. So if you're getting something out of this, I think we're at number, I think we are at number four. So let's go to five. If you guys are getting some of those, put a number five in the chat, guys. We got some, I'm giving you guys some value today. All I ask is that you just participate in the chat. Just helps me realize that there's actually people listening to this because all you guys could just be on your phone right now and uh, not listening. That would suck. So some customers may value time more than money. Some may value experience more than time. Some may value communication more than cost. Some may value cost more than communication. Now, let's say somebody just got through a divorce. And one of the reasons they got through the divorce was because the partner was terrible at communication. Just like that was the reason they got a divorce. I don't know. I'm just giving an example. Like that was what caused them to get a divorce. So, so one of the things is, is like, you know, you wouldn't know that, right? But ultimately, like if you don't provide great communication to that person, like if you showed up 20 minutes late to the estimate and you got to the estimate and you did your little walk around and you didn't get them the quote for like a week, like that person might say, great, another person that is terrible at communication, right? Then you might have somebody that doesn't really care about that and values, you know, the cost greater than the communication. Like, again, the key here, and what I'm trying to like hammer is that everyone values different things. And if you just treat everyone the freaking same, then that's why you're running into a roadblock every single time, or at least it feels that way. You could just be getting lucky. Every job that you get, you just might just be getting lucky, but you can't build a business off of luck. You have to have strategy. There's got to be some strategy so you can repeat a result. Like, so, you know, maybe some of you have gotten this far just literally because you just are lucky, but don't rely too, too heavily on that. Okay. So let's get into the next part of this. So it's your job to figure out what people value, the order of which they value it in, and then provide it in an outstanding way. And again, there's so many ways we can figure out what people value. And, you know, it starts with just asking like questions. So how do I know uh, what my customers value? And this is one of my favorite Bible verses. And it's just so true, right? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, shut up, ask the right questions, and then stop talking. Let them tell you what they value. Like you really should just be listening because there's no way you're going to figure it out. In some cases, visually, if I see an amazing garden, yes, I could tell that they value their garden, but there's more to the story here. So once I get that spiel out of the way, I'm shutting up and asking another question, you know? So again, like if we go through a, a sales process and everything we say is not a waste of breath and everything that we say is valuable to the customer, well, guess who is way ahead of the competition, right? And then ultimately what we want to do is create a really tough decision. We want it to be a tough decision. We want it to be risky not to pay more for us. Some people will still go with the lowest price. They're not your customer, okay? That's just the reality of the situation. They're making a dumb decision. Those of you that were in uh, my in the painting contractor group, 
Um, and first of all, I started the new group just because it just got so big that like, there's so much noise in there. So if you're not in that contractors helping contractors group, that's just going to be a place where only contractors drive it. Um, so, you know, in any case, I, I posted to the painting contractors group, I had a customer and he was trying to compare quotes and I just wanted to entertain this just so I can decide if he's my customer or not. When I got to the house, the house was beautiful in, in great shape. This was a value-based customer or based on what I assumed it was a value-based customer. So I asked him to show me the other quote. He wanted to go with me. He loved, you know, the, the whole interaction and so on and so forth. So he showed me the quote of the other contractor. And just based off the quote alone, I'm thinking, man, this guy at one point was a value-based customer. And now he's shifting to a cost-based customer. And ultimately what my job is, is after that point to educate and highlight. And ultimately he wanted all of his doors painted, all the trim painted, all the walls painted. And I just highlighted something to him. I said, Hey, in the quote you're sharing with me, you know, this just says that doors that need to be painted, not all of your doors. It doesn't even tell you how the doors are going to be painted. It doesn't tell you all of these, all of the different details that we outline for you. Like, this is what you're paying for. I just, you know, at some point you have to really just want to get that point across. Ultimately, if he still makes a decision after I've built the value, I've created, you know, a win-win a scenario. I've even offered to match the price if the if the if it was comparable, but it wasn't. And I knew it wasn't. And ultimately, I just want you to know that there's some people that are just not your customer. Okay. So what we want to do is we want to convert those people who are our customers and we want to get them to justify paying our prices, which generally speaking are going to be higher than the competition. All right. So out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's the story, guys? If you've ever listened to anything I've said when it comes to sales, chances are I'm asking this question. Please start asking this question. If you have an estimate today, it might feel weird, right? What's the story? Like, no, like you're asking it for a reason because it's such a general statement. Everyone has a story on how they have arrived at you showing up at their door. It doesn't matter if it's a conversation they had. You could have the husband that said, my wife has been begging me to get this done. You could have the wife or the husband that says, I hate this color. Okay. You could have, hey, it's cracking over there. Hey, the HOA called me. Hey, uh, we're moving. Hey, we're moving in. What's the story? Even if you know the story, ask it again. And in the answer to that question, because it's so general, they will have no other option but to give you the truth. So just giving you an example here, we, we can't stand the color. Okay, I'm thinking color consultation. That's what I'm going to be talking about next. Oh, it's cracking over there. Okay, I'm going to talk about our preparation process and how we can prevent this from happening, right? You know, if somebody's talking about color and how much they care about the end result, do you think I'm going to bend down and point out cracks on their on their wall? No, I don't have the time. I only want to focus on what's important to them. I only have a 30 minute, 40 minute interaction window. I'm not going to do the same thing every single time. It's not how this works. So process of elimination. So here's the mindset when you go into a house. Number one, we have to identify, are they staying or are they leaving? That should be the first question that you answer after asking that question. What's the story? Okay, well, we want to change the color. Chances are that guy is staying. Hey, um, there's some cracking there. We want to get it fixed. Chances are that guy's staying. Hey, we're getting ready to sell. Obviously, they're leaving. You know, So obviously, people that are staying, they want a better experience. They want longevity. They want a better atmosphere. They want comfort. And it's an emotional buy. People that are leaving want speed, cost, and efficiency, okay? So ultimately, some of us might be selling people on experience, longevity, atmosphere, comfort, and making it emotional, 
when they're leaving. And then you're wondering why people are going with the lowest price, right? So if you guys are getting something out of this, put the number six in the chat. So I know uh, that this is some value to you and your business today. I hope that I hope that you guys are getting something out of this. I hope that you look at this and say, I've been doing it all wrong. I need to ask the right questions. I need to ask what's the story. I need to ask where I need to identify what the motivations are and I need to stop talking about random things when I'm in the estimate. Guys, people get hired off of interviews in business because they make a great impression. They talk about things that align with the problem of the company that they're trying to solve when they're hiring someone. So if I'm reaching out to somebody to hire them, I have a problem. There's a reason why I'm hiring. They need to find out what that, that problem is. And if they're applying for a certain role, if someone was a smart applicant, the only thing they would be talking about when I'm interviewing them is how they plan to solve my problems. And it's so interesting when I hire people, especially for drip jobs, very rarely do people talk about the problems that they plan to solve for me as the business owner. That would stand out to me tremendously, right? So if someone's an expert in that role, they would highlight things that they know about the role and the trajectory that role is going and the problems that role solves. And they would just reverse engineer that and then talk about those solutions that they plan to do if they got hired. I mean, and that would make a lasting impression on me. And chances are somebody would be hired simply if they just did that. But in most cases they don't do that. So I need to make a tough decision. But I'm telling you that as an expert in whatever field you're in, you know the problems, you know the outcomes already. Most of you have been doing this long enough. So you should just be focusing on the solutions of that specific customer. So let's talk about what our sales pitch for staying is. Okay, let's talk about that sales pitch for saying, thank you guys, glad you're here. We had 250 people that said they would come and we've hit 50 people today. So that's just how it works, guys. People have this idea that they want to be successful and they want to be motivated and they want to learn. Uh, but when it's time to show up, they don't show up. And whatever that was that got you to come here today, I hope that you see that this was valuable. That's my only wish. So here we got, we got sale. Here we go. We got sales pitch for staying. So people that are staying in their house, again, they need to be treated like people that are leaving, right? So first of all, I'm going to tell my story. I want them to know who's coming to the house, right? So we got to understand that it's risky for people to come to people's house. Uh, there's things that they might not know. And ultimately, if someone has a dollar, they are investors, right? So I want them to know what they're investing in. And if you can tie your story to someone's dollar, ultimately, you're tapping into an emotional um, buying decision. So in other words, Mrs. Jones, do you mind if I tell you how we got started so you know how we arrived here today? And if you just pitch it like that, yeah, sure, why not? So I started this business seven years ago. Actually, I was painting when I was 13 with my dad and he taught me to trade and I got into banking and I was into sales and I did all these cool things, but ultimately I wanted to help him out. You know, he had, you know, had, had a personal issue going on and he wasn't motivated anymore. So I thought, well, I'll take what I learned in banking and I'll start this business to help him, uh, you know, do some jobs again. And, you know, ever since then, you know, we've had quite the journey, but it's been seven years. I never thought I would be in this, but I fell in love with painting houses. You know what I love the most is the feeling uh, that, or, or the look on your face when we're done. And I just can't wait to see what this house looks like. What? You know, if you heard that and you say, damn, that was good. And you don't say that. Well, again, I, there's so many reasons why you're not winning people over, but if you don't come with enthusiasm and passion about a project for someone that's staying, because you know, the destination is what the house looks like when they're done and the feeling they're just chasing a feeling. Right. So I'm, I built the house. And one of the things that I have not had for so long was sod. 
or grass. It's all been dirt. It's been terrible. It's getting in the house. It's a mess. When I was seeking individuals to come bring the sod, first of all, none of them did any sort of sales. And they didn't really have to. It's, you know, it's sod. It's throw, throw the grass down. But one guy, uh, you know, stood out enough for me to justify paying him. But ultimately, I was chasing a feeling of walking in grass and not getting dirt. And, you know, if there was a, if, if, if the sod business was really competitive, I would go with the person that probably highlighted the feeling behind the end result. It would, it would be like to have the team here and how they're going to leg it. But sod business, I mean, if you guys want like easy money, sell, sell sod because no one even tried. Um, so, you know, that's how that went. Um, number two, the team, right? So again, these people are staying, they care about the experience. So one of the things that we talk about is the team. So when I have my, you know, opportunity to talk about the team, I talk about, I, I drop names. Hey, Shamel's going to be here. His, um, Shamel's the project manager and Daniel's the crew leader. They've been working together. And honestly, I think they've painted over 300 houses together. Shamel is amazing at prep. Like you're going to look at his prep and be like, holy cow, like that is incredible. And ultimately that's the care that we have. So I definitely think this would be great for him. He's been with me for seven years. Um, you know, and one thing that you're going to absolutely love is that these are all of our employees. These, these individuals are bought into our culture, our vision. We actually share a work order with them, you know, so there's things that I'm going to mention about the team and the workflow to, again, build value, to, to separate from the competition, right. To make it seem like, man, and again, I'm answering questions. The customer doesn't know they have, right. Who's going to be coming to my house. That's maybe a question some have, but not everyone has that question. One thing that's important to us is we don't play loud music. We don't smoke on the job. There's no loud, you know, there's no arguing or cussing. These, most of them are like, they're like family. Usually people uh, are sad to see our team go. That's worth paying more. Okay. And I want you guys to understand that maybe you've built that culture. Maybe that's something that you actually just, you know, naturally do in your business. And that's something, and that's the standard that you have. You need to advertise it or else no one knows about it. Right. So you might have value that you just naturally have in your business and you're not offering it. So uh, what are our values as a company? Hey, just so you know, one of the things we value is communication. One of the things that we value is being on time. One of the things that we value is doing a great job for you. So you tell all your friends and neighbors standards. Here's our standard when it comes to this. Here's our standard when it comes to that. One thing that you'll love about us is this. One thing that you'll love about us is that people don't know what they're going to, people don't know what they're going to buy unless you tell them, right? So you need to be confident in this to get it all out. And you might think, man, people don't want to hear this. Maybe they're getting a little antsy, you know, or, you know, it's, it's, this is different than what I'm used to. I'm used to going into a house and measuring things and, you know, doing all these things and just saying, okay, well, I'll get, you know, I'll send you an email later. Like that won't really move the needle in your business. Like you really need to give someone, you really need to get to know someone to be able to do a great sales presentation. And you really need to get to know someone to do a great follow-up too. So Mrs. Jones, look, you told me that you're moving in September 20th. My schedule is up to September 10th right now. We need to make a decision. Do you want us to do this job? Because you knew and you cared and you made a note about it, right? So if everything you highlight during your interaction is unique to you and your company, it's impossible for the customer to compare. So in other words, like another company doesn't have, they might use super paint, you know, or they might use the same, you know, materials, but they don't have Chamel and Dan, right? They don't have... Teresa in the office who gave him a great experience on the phone. They don't have me who's going to be overseeing the entire workflow, right? You know, they don't have those things. And it's like, wow, how far is my dollar going to travel if I go with this company? It's going to be something that ultimately is going to cause me less stress and I'm not going to have to think about it. This company's turnkey. 
That's what you want to create, right? So spend more talking time talking about the intangibles than you do the actual project itself. Very rarely do I talk about the project. I know why I'm there. Ultimately, it's about, again, the first part of this entire sales process is, is answering the question that they don't know they have, which is, why should I pay more for you? And I'm going into the estimate with that mindset. And that's why, again, laser focused. I only have 30 minutes to wow you. And I'm only going to focus on the problems that I'm going to solve, whether you know about those problems or not. So here's our tangible pitch. Of course, we have to identify certain situations where the project is important, right? So if there's major damage or if they've had a poor experience and, you know, or if there's things that, you know, come up regarding that project, cool, let's build value in that way. So we have product quality of warranty, aftercare, expectations, right? So, hey, just so you know, the, the product that we're going to use, you know, so you don't have to get this done again, has a 25-year warranty. Hey, just so you know, after the job is done, we're going to schedule someone to come in and clean your whole house. So you don't have to worry about cleaning that yourself. Hey, here's the expectations of what to expect if best case scenario happens and we leave you with a great job. So there's some things tangibly that we're going to talk about. But again, the intangibles are incomparable. You can't compare those. So value opportunities, we want to be looking for these. Okay. So the first question is, is who am I being compared to? So, you know, it's interesting, man. I started asking this question probably two years into my business and I wanted to know like, where are you coming up with this budget? Like that was the first question is like, how in the world do you think this is going to be two grand, you know? And instead of waiting to get to the customer, instead of waiting for the customer to get to my price to then tell me they thought it would be two grand, I have a little bit of an insurance policy. And it's the question of who am I being compared to? Now we're not going to say this, but the goal here is to find out if you need to erase old beliefs, right? So your customer has beliefs. They have beliefs about what the process is like. They have beliefs about how much it should cost. They have beliefs about how much, you know, they should pay, you know, for certain things, right? And those beliefs come from somewhere. They usually come from friends and family, research, neighbors, or past experience, right? So everyone has one of those things. Hey, I got my house painted for two grand. And they might've heard that two years ago, right? Or they might've had another house that was, you know, in a different state and they paid half the price that you're charging to paint this one, right? So it's interesting how people just put painting or whatever the service is in a package. Now, there's so many variables that could have been different. How many people were on the job? What all did they paint? How many coats did they do? What was the process like? How long did it take? You know, like there's so many things. And again, like if you guys are wasting your time asking the wrong questions and babbling and directionless, you'll never know these things. And you're going to blow your customers away because you're going to be, they're not going to tell you everything. They're not going to tell you that they had someone paint their house four years ago. And that's why they think it should be closer to three grand. Where are you coming up with this budget, right? So it's important for you to understand that. So the easiest way to find out preferences uh, of a customer or red flags to avoid is to ask who you're being compared to. And there's a couple of ways that we ask that question. So hold on one second, I moved this Zoom thing. If you guys are getting something out of this, I'd appreciate it if you could drop a seven. Drop a seven in here if you guys are getting something out of this. Uh, we're coming around the corner, guys. So stick with me. Um, I hope this is propelling you to have a, uh, yeah, nice. Thank you guys. I appreciate that. It just helps seeing that there's real people out there uh, getting something out of this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if you guys could, if this was valuable to you, 
please post in the new Facebook group that you, you like the training because I plan to do these often. And if I know that you guys are getting something out, something out of this and more people are going to come, that's all that I ask. So if you can go into the Facebook group and just be like, Tanner's training was great, you know, or you can say Tanner's training sucked. That's okay. I just want your opinion out there uh, for other people to see. So if it sucked, they can make their own decision next time. Or if it was great, they'll just be like, yeah, I'm not going to just, you know, skip it because you know, I'm lazy. We could do marketing. We could do, we could do anything. You know, this is, this is fun. So, all right. So who am I being compared to? All right. So next we have, um, what did you like about the experience? So I forgot to put the slide here, but ultimately the question is, is have you ever hired a painting contractor before? Listen, if you've never asked this question, you're going to be so surprised that people have not hired a painting contractor. Right. Um, and if the answer is yes, you know, that's when you want to ask a little more, a little, get a little deeper. So it doesn't matter what trade you do. You want to ask like, Hey, like, have you ever hired a remodeler before? Have you ever hired anyone to paint cabinets before? Do you know someone that has hired someone to paint cabinets? Have they told you about their experience? Like this is worth you knowing, you know, and some of you might say like, yeah, it's such a waste of time, hire me or not. Like, you know, but ultimately like the effort that you put into each opportunity is going to help you tremendously on the marketing side, right? less money on marketing if you have more jobs or if you have more jobs, you have confidence to grow. So again, I think all of us would like to turn customers from red to green as often as possible. Red being they hire someone else, green, they hire you. And if we can turn customers from red to green, maybe three or four more times a month at an average job size of three to five grand on the low side, that's an extra $20,000 a month. If you could just convert three or four customers from red to green. That might mean a new crew for you. That might mean finally paying yourself. That might mean buying that new truck and building up uh, the business a little bit more. I mean, who knows what that means? So hyper-focusing on these interviews that you guys are doing, I want you to think of them as job interviews. How often are you getting hired, right? So if you were applying for a company, it's the same thing. And I would be coaching you to say, hey, Nick, I think Nick's in here. Those of you guys know Nick Wiseman, he actually used to work for me, he runs his own business and we compete against each other. Uh, which is cool. But hey, Nick, um, you know, I would tell you if you're applying for a job and you would, let's say you were applying for the customer success role at Drip Jobs, I'm going to teach you to go into that interview already knowing all the problems a, co a company has without customer success and then highlight solving those problems without telling me the problem, right? So in other words, a problem with customer success is, um, you know, churn, right? So one of the things, you know, churn is when people cancel drip jobs, mostly because they don't even use it, but that's for a different conversation. But most people cancel drip jobs because of that. And one of the things is they would say, hey, you know, I think this is a great software. And I know you're probably dealing with some churn of people that are canceling because, you know, they're not even using it. So one of my strategies on day one would be to get a, get a list of every one of those people and call them and see if I can get them a free onboarding and we'll give them even an extended trial. Like if someone came into an interview and said that to me, I would be like, damn, like, okay. Like, all right, yeah, you know my problems. That's why I'm gonna hire you. So when you go into a painting estimate, you need to know the problems of somebody and then you're gonna give yourself the best chance of being hired. That was a good analogy, guys. I can't give you a better analogy than that, but I hope that, I hope that hit home. So what did you like about the experience? So if somebody had a good experience, we can't just assume people had a bad experience, right? So. You could say, what did you dislike, right? Or you could say, what'd you like? Chances are when you ask, they're going to say, oh my God, they'll just start telling you. Yeah, they weren't very good. Like, you know, they, they sucked. Like, or, oh yeah, I hired somebody back home. And oh my gosh, if they were here, you know, I'd probably hire them again. Like, yeah, okay, well, what'd you like about it? 
So why am I asking this? Because that's just going to tell me exactly what I need to do to win this customer over. I'll just be the replacement, you know? Um, that's easy. So I like Tanner. I love that they were super clean and meticulous and um, they worked consistently. Like they worked from eight to four. They didn't take any breaks aside from lunch. They didn't go to another job and come back. Like that was really important to me because, you know, we have a pretty, pretty busy schedule. And, you know, so what do you think I'm going to be talking about after they tell me that? Fantastic. So one thing that you're going to love about us is that we actually use a really neat tool that helps automate communication to you. So you're going to get a notification to tell us your colors. You're going to get a, a notification that lets you know the date your project starts. And we're going to let you know the day before your project starts that we're going to be there in the morning. So we have a really great system to kind of keep you informed of the process. And not only that, we believe in respecting your home in the same way that if it were our home. And the last thing you would want is people coming in and out and having to plan your day around something and just kind of being uncertain, right? So for us, we don't leave jobs either. You know, ultimately the good news is this is an interior job. So we don't even have to worry about rain. Um, and I'd like to even say this, I noticed that, you know, you have a, a bunch of pets and, you know, one of the concerns you might have is where are you going to put your pets if we're painting the whole house? One thing you're going to love about us is that it is one of our standards to paint the bedroom, your master bedroom and bathroom on day one. We'll paint the ceiling, the walls, the trim and the doors in there. So the good news is you're going to have your room back on the first day, which you're going to love. And the great news is, is you can put all the pets in that room for the rest of the project. So they have a nice place in the air conditioning to be cooled down. Okay. So did the customer know that that was going to be a problem? Maybe, or maybe not. What if the other company comes in and says, yeah, I mean, we just, we just do the trim first. We do the ceiling first, you know, and we're just gonna be working around. You might have to board your pets, you know, like again, building value, looking for things to create value. These are called value propositions that are probably right in front of your face. You're not even looking at it guys. So we're coming around the corner here, guys. We're almost done. Um, if you're getting something out of this, I'm going to ask you more frequently to participate because Again, I, I'm running out of steam here, but I'm I'm super motivated. So if you could put an eight in this chat, maybe some feedback, just be like, you know, keep going or like, dude, Tanner, get off this. Like, I'm just sitting here to watch you fail. Um, thank you guys. You know, I, I love the feedback. So if you're getting an eight out of this, thank you guys. Eight, 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 eight. Thank you. I'm seeing them come in. Thank you so much. So let's get into it. We're coming around the corner. <laughs> Thanks guys. Thanks guys. All right. So we're coming around the corner. So what did you like about this experience? Okay. Again, we're capitalizing on that. So the goal here is to emphasize how informative you are and how much pride you take in communication. So you heard me do a little bit of a scenario of what that looks like. And then we always want to one up uh, the experience, right? So when I went to the customer, I said, hey, just so you know, we're going in and we're going to do your bedroom first, right? Stuff is so important, guys. It might seem like it doesn't matter, but when you put yourself in the shoes of a customer who's like a sheep that doesn't want to get slaughtered, and you provide so much value and your value is the information, not just the information, how you say it, your enthusiasm. You need to, some of you guys are not um, enthusiastic, right? You maybe have a kind of like a, like you're kind of chill, like, you know, you haven't been in sales. Like sales is getting out of character. I would definitely encourage you when you step foot in that house, like get into a different character, just if it if it means success or failure of your company, you might have to get uncomfortable, but you have to get into character. You have to make every customer feel like they're your first customer. And I know that all of you who started your business had that first customer and you were like a kid in a candy store. You might've just quit your job or I don't know, whatever the situation was, but that customer got the best of you and time goes by and we just kind of forget what that feels like. And I just encourage you like, hey, this is my first customer. 
what was I like that first day? I was enthusiastic. I was like running around the house. I was like, oh yeah, I can't wait. Like be that way consistently over time and you're going to win jobs. Okay. So what did you like about the experience? Oh, this is good. I love when I ask this question because then I'm like, okay, I know exactly what to avoid. So you hired a painter. Like, was there anything you didn't like about like the experience? Like, is there anything that I need to be aware of? <laughs> so uh, they showed up late every day and got paint on my plants. Well, good news is I told you earlier how we're going to handle those beautiful azaleas out there. So you don't have to worry about the plants. And let me tell you this, you know, when it comes to being on time, first of all, hopefully I'm showcasing to you how much that's important to me because I was on time, right? So I know, and it wasn't just 15 minutes. It was like, I was on the dot. I was actually sitting outside a little bit earlier, but that's our standard. And not only that, we have a clock in and clock out app that we use within the company. And that's just to keep everyone accountable. We do take that seriously. We don't want to say, Hey, we're going to be here at eight and show up at nine and your whole project gets delayed. And that's, that's not us. So don't worry about that. Another thing you're going to love about us is, is that if there is a delay, you're going to get an automatic automatic notification. Like for example, we're doing the outside and we have other exterior projects. So it's important for us to keep you informed of, you know, what's going on. And you'll just get a notification that says, Hey, we're going to be starting your job on the 25th instead of the 24th. Right. So it's not just a matter of showing up on time the day we're supposed to start, but just informing you so you can plan your day. So again, these are a plus customers that we're doing this for. These are the people that have a schedule in front of them that have appointments that have money. <laughs> you know, usually people that have money are organized. So how can I treat them in a way that I would want to be treated as somebody that has resources and somebody that values my schedule? Like if I had a contractor call me and want my business, like he better be here on time. Like I just, my schedule's so packed that like, if he's not here on time, he's not going to win the job because ultimately I won't even be able to meet him. So that's something to think about. So the goal here is to emphasize your standard when it comes to time and double down on your preparation process to avoid this from, uh, to avoid this pain again. If it's worth it, go back into how you're going to protect those plants. If you missed it on the initial interaction, now it's time to hit the plants, right? How are you going to do those plants, right? So had you not asked, you may have never known. So if you didn't ask this question, right? I just gave you guys two scenarios. Most of you looked at this scenario and said, yeah, that's possible. Like someone could tell me that they have a bad experience. The other guy didn't show up and they were late or they had a great experience and they loved that they were on time. And like, ultimately, if you didn't ask that question, you would have never had the ability to build value right there, you know? And again, if, if we're counting value, it's, you know, right now, if this is a scenario, I'm just stacking chips, right? So the other guys put on notice. It's like, Tanner said he's going to do this and Tanner said he's going to do that. And they have, you know, this and they have that and they have this and they have that. And it's like, okay, the other company's four grand, Tanner's six grand, but I'm getting all of that stuff that he said, including protecting my plants, including the preparation, including having three or four guys on the job, including getting my, you know, master bedroom, master bathroom done. Obviously if it's an interior, like, so again, justifying the price difference. Okay. Generally speaking, most people don't want to relive past pain. So it's important for you to figure out what that was and then help them avoid it. So, what we need to do now is we need to do process of elimination. I'm going to get into this a little bit. So it's about being certain. So you're going to affirm that and offer it or someone that's being hesitant and we're going to offer and solve their problem. And we're going to get into that. So for most people, selecting the color style and design type is extremely intimidating. So obviously, guys, we're providing a service that gives them choices. Most of us here are painting contractors. So we have colors. That's the big choice. So one of the questions that you want to ask is like, hey, have you chosen colors, right? And most of us do, but we're doing it out of just like random curiosity rather than everything that I say to you in this interaction, I'm providing a, a solution for, okay? So if, if you tell me that you have colors, I say, great. Have you painted samples of those colors yet? 
oh no i have it okay one thing that we want to do is get our decorator over here and she's going to get some samples picked up and bring them over and paint them on the wall the last thing i would ever want for you to do is to pick a color off of your phone or off of a computer screen and it'd be totally different when we get to the house whoa right hesitant so oh, i'm not sure yet i'm having trouble with getting colors Okay, just so you know, we do a free color consultation. It's included. It's an hour session. She's going to bring over samples and swatches, and we're going to solve the problem of you not having a color picked out. And you're going to absolutely love Donna. She used to be my Sherwin-Williams rep. Value, guys. Ultimately, if you're not a trained assassin when it comes to building value, you're missing out on all these micro opportunities to get people to say, that's valuable, that's valuable, that's valuable, that's valuable. Okay, I can justify paying more. That's what it comes down to. All right, guys, I'm going to ask you to participate one more time. I forget what number we're at here. Eight. So number nine, if you guys get something out of this, put a number nine in the chat, nine in the chat, nine in the chat. Cody, thanks for the 9,000. So we're doing a little bit of a, uh, a Q&A here at the end. So stick around if you want to ask some questions. I'm here to help you. Um, so if you're getting something out of this, guys, I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight nine nines i'd like to see some more guys we got 40 people in here so if you guys are just chilling some of you some of you driving so you know it's totally fine so again guys this is free if i could just ask if you can go into the facebook group after this and just say that you like the training that's all i'm asking here today i'm not selling you anything i don't really care i just want you to help me get the word out about these trainings that i'm going to be doing and if i know more people are going to show up uh the next time around i'll be that much more motivated to sit here and make all these slides again and give you guys some more tips and tricks on how to how to elevate your business. So that is my only ask for you is go into the Facebook group and say that you like the training, whether it's commenting or putting out a post, that would be extremely valuable for me. So for most people, selecting the color, style, design, and type is extremely, what did I say there? Intimidating. So ways to provide value in this area, color consultation, decorator visit, renderings and drawings, and samples. So again, if we don't figure the situation out. There's people that honestly have hired me because I'm providing a color consultation or a decorator, right? Because that is what they value in a high way, right? Like we, like, again, I do this so much. I really know that like, this is a major problem for people picking colors. My wife just, she is like so indecisive when it comes to selections and colors. And I like, I know that if someone came here, knowing how my wife is incredibly indecisive, right? She decided on me, which that was good, but everything else, terrible at making decisions when it comes to color. So if someone came here and said, Hey, listen, Tanner, just so you know, like chances are, I don't, I don't, you know, if you haven't picked colors yet, I can see that your wife is like kind of back and forth with some things. We'll send our decorator over and she'll help her with that. For me, I'm like, Oh my God, first of all, I don't have to help decide. Cause it's honey. I don't know. It looks good. I like that one. And it's like, every time I say, I like something, she's like, Oh, you don't like it. You know, it's like, so I'm not going to win the battle. She's stressed out about it because it's such a big decision. And it's like, Oh, this guy has a decorator. I'll pay more for that. Bring, bring your decorator and let's get this figured out, right? So we've all been there, but ultimately like some of you in your painting business or whatever business you're in, like you haven't even like took the time to get a decorator in your network. These There's decorators out there. They love making a hundred bucks to go talk to somebody for an hour about colors. Like most of them are retired or just do it as a side hustle. So that should be one of your focuses because again, like the whole purpose of sales is to provide solutions to problems. And if you're not caring enough to understand that like this is a major problem for people that's why i made this whole slide here about it i wouldn't have wasted your time trust me if you don't care enough to understand that this is a big problem and you haven't provided a solution yet then 
you really can't tell me, Tanner, I'm struggling with my sales. It's like, well, these are the basics is like figuring out what your problems of your customers are and providing solutions. Once you have all the solutions in place, then we can refine your pitch and your process. You know, that's, that's the focus. All right. So everything we do should line us up for a sale today. So the mindset should always be, I'm going to go in and I'm going to close this deal. Whether you do it or not, that's okay. Because ultimately we're just advancing the deal, right? So the problem is, is that some of you are going into the estimate and then you're running home. Um, so you're building all this value. You're creating a great experience and you're running home and then you're emailing the quote. The problem with this is, is that you don't get any feedback after you do that. Typically, you usually have to reach out and follow up. You know, some of you guys rely on drip jobs to do this. I will say that drip jobs is a great supplement for following up and it's going to do it consistently over time, but nothing beats a phone call, an honest personal phone call with purpose, not just, Hey, did you get my quote or Hey, did you have any questions on my quote? So if I shown someone the quote in person and decided that I wasn't going to pursue pushing it forward, letting them sit on it. Maybe I made that judgment of, Hey, they're going to be getting more quotes. I understand that. And I don't want to be pushy because I've built so much value that I'm pretty sure I'm going to get this job. Then the follow-up is in relation to their reaction to the price, not, Hey, did you get my quote? Right? So I'm pushing it by getting that second interaction. So we talked about this earlier is that you need to go in with the mindset that you're only going to get one chance. This is your one opportunity during this one hour time period to build all the value relating to this customer and then ultimately capitalize on that value. Now, if you get the opportunity to get them on the phone, then you have another chance. However, asking for three chances is doing the estimate, going home, sending the quote, calling and asking if they have any questions. Chances, chances are no. We're going to get a couple more quotes. You don't know what they think about it because you didn't see their facial expression and you didn't see their hesitancy to move forward. So if I know that going into it, I'd say, listen, I understand that, you know, we may came in a little bit higher, but one thing that you said that was really important to you was X, Y, Z. And I'm wondering if that is enough to justify paying more for us. No, it's not. Oh, it's not. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. What number did you need to be at in order for us to move forward? So I cut through it all. I just understand at that point, if I built out a lot of value and I know that I'm the best fit and they know I'm the best fit, it's gotta be, a, it's gotta be cost. So if I'm willing to negotiate at this point, I can negotiate effectively. Again, we can't wait long, guys. Usually there's like this seven day window between when you do your estimate and when they make a decision. So we don't have much time. Okay. Everyone values time frame. Some just value it more than others. So time frame. If it took one year to complete a project, would the customer be happy? No. If it took three days to complete a project, would the customer be happy? Yes. And that's because time matters. Always emphasize your customer. Always emphasize your ability to get the customer on the schedule fast and the expected completion time of the project. So if all else fails, you can always just use this. Like everyone, like, although like the process, like everyone seeks you for a reason. There's a destination, whether it's someone that wants to sell their house or rent it out. Or obviously we're going to use this for those people, but what about our value-based customers? Like at the end of the day, if you've built all the value and someone's still struggling, say, listen, at the end of the day, Mrs. Jones, I can get you in Monday and it'll take us three days to get it done. Your house will be completely transformed on Thursday. So again, even because this is just a value-based customer, 
you know, ultimately we can still use time because people value that, right? It's something that people value. Again, I go back to this example. If we say, hey, I can't get to you until 2025, you know, obviously that would put me completely out of the race. So we know that time is valuable. Now, some people are okay with waiting three months to hire the right contractor, not the majority. Okay. People want to get to the destination. They want to see the end result. They want to feel what it feels like to have their house painted or the roof put on or whatever the situation is. Okay. A couple more here, guys. This is my last few slides. I got like five more slides. So guys, we have uh, a little bit left in here. Um, I'm not going to have you do double digits, but if I could just get, you could do one more chat thing for the 30 people that stuck around that got better at sales today. If you could just put an emoji in the chat that expresses uh, how you feel about this experience today. Just put in an emoji, just something fun. But ultimately, guys, really, I want to thank you all for being here. I asked you if you could just do one thing for me is just post in that contractor group uh, that you enjoyed the training. Uh, you're maybe looking for the, forward to the next one. Uh, we're doing a quick Q&A after this. So if you have, uh, thank you, Travis. Thanks, Michael. Um, yeah, thanks, Roxanne. Appreciate you guys. Uh, I love to hear your feedback. So when you go into your estimate, I just equipped you with a bunch of tools that you're going to be able to use in your next estimate. I would love that feedback. Tell me if it worked, you know, post about it. I want to hear about it. I really do. Because ultimately this has helped me, uh, you know, not only in premium painting, but in drip jobs, um, win the game of sales. So the sales pitch for people that are leaving are going to be time frame, speed, the end result, customers in similar situations, communication, working together to achieve the goal, and the I'm on your team mentality. So we talked about people that are staying. We built value with our experience. We built value with our story. We built value with quality. We built value with all of those intangible things. Um, ultimately, again, we want to build value for people that are leaving their house. In other words, they're selling, they're renting, they're moving out. Um, their investors, whatever that looks like. Okay. So we want to build value for those people. So obviously the number one thing for those people is the time frame. When can you get there? When can you get it done? Speed, how fast can you get it done? Focusing on the end result for them. So, Hey Tom, thanks so much for giving us an opportunity to quote this. I know you're selling it, man. My goal would be to help you get this thing listed by the 14th. Okay. And what I'd like for you to do is start looking for a photographer so they can come in as soon as we paint it. I also have someone that's going to clean your house for you. So that's one less thing that you got to worry about. Okay. So that's the type of value that we're building for people that are selling their house. Cause ultimately most people just want to slap some paint on the pig and beat feet. Right. But ultimately I can't do the job for the price that they're thinking it costs. So I need to find ways to build value for Tom. I had a customer that was in a similar situation, Tom. He called us to get the house ready for sale. In most cases, customers think, hey, I'm not going to get ROI on this. But I just want you to know that one of the first things we're going to do, even though you're having me paint the inside of this house, I'm going to get your front door painted. And he had me paint the front door. And one of the things that he said was that after he had the house sold is that the highest selling point when the first uh, when the, the buyer first got there was that they loved the freshly painted red door. And that was something that maybe, I don't know if that was the, the decision maker, but it actually helped. So I'm going to throw that in for you at no charge, you know, just so you have uh, the ability to get that done. Cause I think it'll make a big difference. Uh, communication. Hey, Tom, listen, I know you got to get this house sold. So ultimately what you can expect from me is great communication from start to finish. You know, we need to get this house on the market. So uh, ultimately that leads to number six. I'm working on Tom's team to help him achieve the goal. I know what his goal is. Okay. Did I talk about my story? Did I talk about the process? Did I talk about anything other than what he cares about? No. I'm on your team, Tom. Time frame. 
stop talking about how great you are. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we do this and we do this and we prep this and this talk about how quick you can get the job done with, with Tom, right? That's the focus here. Okay. So teamwork, affirm their motives, right? I know budget is a big focus here, Tom. That's going to put Tom in a position to be like, damn, okay. All right. Well, I like, you know, I like that you at least are looking out for me here. However, for us to get this project to where you can sell it, we need to provide the right resources to ensure a smooth project in a timely fashion. It's worth paying more for efficiency. So I can get this house on the market for you in a way where someone walks into this thing and goes, oh my gosh, I don't have to pay to repaint this. There's not paint on the ceiling and there's not paint on the floor. See? So ultimately that's a problem that Tom may not have been thinking about, but you know, if he gets a bad paint job, it could almost prohibit a sale and it might make a customer be in a position of that buyer to negotiate a fresh paint job. So ultimately we want to highlight these things and say, Hey, ultimately you're going to get a top dollar paint job that a customer's not, or a potential buyer is not going to come in and try to negotiate more money off of the deal because they feel like they need to get it painted. Okay. Am I talking about any of this stuff to our customer who's a value-based customer that's staying? Absolutely not. Why would I do that? It doesn't make sense. So ultimately, again, what you need to be thinking about is what does my customer care about and how can I provide a solution to their problem? Okay. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Yep. All right. Awesome. So we got a couple more and then we are out of here today. So we're going to be working together. Here's the deal, Tom. I will manage this project in a way that gets you to a point where you can get the house listed by the 10th. Have you oh, called yeah. a photographer yet? I know a guy. So wrapping it up, people pay more if it makes sense to pay more. Stop playing the price game. Start getting creative and being bold when it comes to building value. Be a student of the game. Guys, that's what I got for you. I got a couple minutes for Q&A. So if there's something that uh, that you want some clarification on, if you, I, I like scenario questions. So if you're dealing with an issue uh, in your business right now, maybe you have a customer that you went and did an estimate for, you want to tell me about it. Maybe, you know, I don't, I don't care what that is. So uh, if you, if you want to be, uh, if you want to speak, just raise your hand. There's a little raise hand button. There should be actually, I don't know if, yeah. Uh, there you go, Danny. What's up, Danny. All right. Yeah. Just raise your hand and I'll, and I'll, and I'll answer your question. What's up, Danny. Hey, what's going on? How are you? How's dude? it going? Good, okay. good. Uh, really quick. Um, I just got connected, but since you were asking about talking about a customer, um, I thought I'd jump out, uh, on. So yesterday, um, you know, I was trying to wrap up a sale with the client. Now, this was over the phone. Um, this is a client that potential client, I would say, I've been dealing with since May. Okay. I wasn't able to close the sale um, because he had other projects going on and eventually, you know, he'll get to the payment. But anyways, long story short, I had already given him the quote. Um, he decided to do some additional things we provided you know, quote for that. And eventually he's like, Hey, give me the weekend. Let's talk Monday. We speak Monday. And you know what I mean? When he called me, he was like, Hey, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. He, and I actually went out there, took notes of these additional things. Eventually, Hey, you know, eventually this is out of my budget. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be able to do the job. Um, so once I'm ready, I'll give you a call. So pretty disappointed on that. And eventually, you know, it didn't turn out to a sale. We were following, you know, drip jobs following up. We follow up by phone as well. And anyways, doing the whole nine yards. So that was pretty disappointing. Any 
any feedback, what could change eventually, you know. Yeah, I mean, you were working, you were working with the guy since May. How much was the original quote? Uh, it was like 50, like 5,700 or something like that. And then what was the, uh, how much did you add on top of that for the extra stuff? Man, it was only like, I think it was about a thousand dollars. Okay. So a thousand bucks. So now, now it's out of the budget at 6,700 bucks. Yeah. Okay. So he's getting a lot of projects done. I'm going to challenge you and ask you, Danny, what is most important to this guy? Is it, I'm, I'm going to just leave that open-ended. What, what would you think is most important to this guy? Uh, well, I know he pointed out a couple of things that he pointed out. And this, this is after the fact from our initial appointment, the first time later on, he just, there's a couple of things on the foundation. He was like, Hey, you know, this kind of looks ugly, you know, no, can, no, Danny, can, Danny, can... Danny, you're missing it, brother. What is the okay. most important thing? What is the most important thing to well, this customer? Well, I, I I don't know. I really don't know. All right, that's okay. I, I the it. most important like, thing, Danny, if he's getting a lot of projects done, is yeah, getting yeah. all the projects done. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah. And <laughs> he's been working on, but hold on. He's been working on this since May. We're now in yeah. August. If you yeah. were a, now, is he, is he, is he an investor or is he a homeowner? That's, no, he's a homeowner. Okay, good. Okay. So, so the pain right now is that since May, this homeowner has been working with contractors, right? He's been working with contractors. Is the, is the project ready for paint? Yeah, it's ready. It's ready. Okay. It's ready for paint. Okay. So. Obviously, in this case, I'm sure that this guy is ready to be done with all the projects and move on with his life. In mm -hmm. most cases, not everyone's like this, but I would say that that's the case. So what yeah. you need to do is you need to highlight the fact that you understand that he's been dealing with a lot of contractors. You understand that costs have gone up and he's having mm -hmm. to get new projects done. But you also have to understand what it would feel like to be this person and again, the first part of my training here was empathy and understanding that, you know, this guy probably is tired of working with contractors. He's probably spent way more money than he expected to spend. And now he's skimping out on the painting. Is that true? Yeah. Okay. So first thing is, is you need to go into a follow-up with a plan. If we know that getting everything done and feeling the satisfaction of completion, which is his ultimate goal is important. You need to highlight how soon you can get started did you do that for this customer in a big way did you emphasize hey mr jones i have three to four weeks of jobs scheduled out however if you provide me with a deposit today i'll expedite your job i have a customer that i know is a little bit flexible and we can get started as early as next week okay yeah no i mean i provided with as far as when we can get started but no no not any so, type of uh, so so the way I said it versus, hey, just so you know, we could probably get started in three weeks. We both said the same thing. Well, I said next week. You're, you know, maybe we could probably get started next week. I, we both said the same thing, but the way I said it creates urgency mm -hmm. because I have a full schedule, Mr. Jones. We've been working together since May. Do you understand? Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. 
You should have gave me a deposit in May. My schedule's booking up, but what I'm willing to do for you in exchange for your business is to expedite your job so you can get this remodeling renovation project done and you could feel the feeling of what it's like to enjoy all the hard work that happened at your home and finally be able to sit back and relax. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. again, like how you say it, Danny, is just as important as what you say. It's even more important, I think. So first right. of all, we don't, we don't give ever something for nothing, whether that's a discount or an expedited job. We never give something for nothing. So mm -hmm. if you're not framing this in a way that makes the customer feel like it's a, better deal on their part to move forward, then you're missing, you're missing it. So the first thing is, is he said it's out of the budget. Did you ask what the budget was, Danny? No. Why? I just didn't. It seems like it's always a, it's always a question that, that, you know, clients or potential clients are not willing to give like, Oh yeah, I do. But you know, I'm not, you know, I don't want to share that with you. No, no. It's because of the way you're asking it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why it's like, you know, so, so let me ask you, how far away are we from the budget? Is that yeah, no, a low pressure no. to ask? Uh, maybe, yeah, a lot less. Yeah, that, that'd be probably. So I think at this point during that conversation, Danny, you should be thinking to yourself, this may be the last time I talk to this man. Mm -hmm. Right. You're never going right. to talk to him again. Right. So you might as well find out truly how far away you were from earning the guy's business. If you were at 5,700 and he called you back, well, chances are he's okay with spending 5,700 bucks, mm -hmm. but something triggered in his brain that said, I'm not paying 6,700. Mm -hmm. Right. Danny, how many jobs do you have on your schedule right now? Three jobs. Three jobs. Let me ask you a question, Danny. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the red zone, brother. This is yeah. what puts people out of business. This is what causes stresses stress at your dinner table. This is what makes you question whether or not you can keep going. Okay, Danny, mm -hmm. could you do that job for fifty seven hundred dollars and include the extras? Could I? You could, couldn't you? And wouldn't that be one more job on your schedule that would give you some confidence going forward? It would give your team some work and would it help you find the next job without the pressure of running out of work? Well, yeah, definitely. Okay. Got it. So would we drop the price by a thousand dollars? Maybe not. But what, what if we went to that customer after this call and called him and said, Hey, listen, I, We've been working together since May, Tom. You know, I know that you probably have all sorts of expenses that you're probably having to shell out that maybe you didn't think you'd have to. I've remodeled myself and I know it's a lot. First of all, you know, I want this job. I want to make that clear. We're going to do the best job. Painting is going to make everything that you did on that home look the way it deserves to look. Mm -hmm. Second thing here is I would love to earn your business. And I think we have a little bit of room on the price. If I'm able to maneuver our price just a little bit to help it make sense for you, would you be prepared to move forward? So in other words, you're not just going to be like, hey, I could do it for 6,300 bucks. You're going to say, right. figure out if he's willing to work with you, 
But we know now that price is the issue because he told you, he said the budget was the issue. Mm -hmm. So ultimately you're going to go in there and you're going to be like, Hey, you know, if I do this, cause now we're down to cost, maybe you've built the value. Maybe you've gotten to the point, but now we're down to cost. First of all, you are not in a position of leverage and that is okay, but you need to get to a point where you have enough jobs where you can be in a position of leverage. Mm -hmm. You don't have leverage with three jobs on your schedule. You need him more than he needs you. And that's not good. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. So you need to call him back and ultimately, worst case scenario, do the job for 5700 bucks. Right. Because that's a customer that wants to work with you, but there's something between 5700 bucks and 6700 bucks that's 1000 bucks. Now, you guys might all be thinking like, Tanner, I'm not discounting my price. You told me that's a vulnerable position to be in. You're right. But Danny's three jobs away from going out of business. So there's times yeah. where we need to be creative here and we need to get jobs on our schedule. That's the first priority before he loses his team. Right. And you guys are hanging up the phone after someone says that the budget is not where it needs to be. Well, I'm never going to talk to you again, Joe. So let's figure out where the budget is so I can get your house painted, man. Because <laughs> you're going to have to find another contractor because you've been talking with me since May. And the problem is, is, you know, Danny, like you got to realize, first of all, what is this guy's motivation? He wants his jobs done. He's done with the remodeling. He's ready to go. The second thing is, is that now he's gotten to a point after May. Okay. You should have had him put down a deposit in May. Right. That's what you should have done. And then did a change order for the difference. But instead you, 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 you didn't do that. You didn't make a deposit a priority. You didn't emphasize, Hey, listen, I know that you have a lot of jobs going on. What I quoted you for now this way, your price doesn't expire. We need a deposit on it because our quotes are good for 30 days. Did you do that, Danny? Uh, no. Okay. So he had no reason to put down a deposit with you and you could have protected your 5,700. He would have been in an agreement with 5,700. Then when you went to go back for additional work, you would have created a change order for a thousand dollars and you would have got all $6,700 worth of your work. Right. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. So I would call that guy today and sell the job. Okay. You already got the job at 5,700, brother. You need, you need work on your schedule. You know, well, I love you. Yeah. Good thanks, luck, brother. All, All right. Man. Thanks. Yeah. Michael, what's up, man? You got to turn your mic there on. There we go. Hey, can you, All right. There we go. Uh, great job today, Tanner. Um, Thanks, so are you pre-qualifying clients ahead of time? And then as a side note, uh, how many guys and what type of revenue you run in? Yeah. So uh, right now, I think we're at a, a million and a half a year. Um, I have 12 guys who so run three crews, very optimized. I do everything uh, remotely. Um, I have one guy that kind of does estimates and then one guy, well, that same guy also manages the project. So very lean company. Um Typically, we do between 25 and 30 jobs a month um, and pre-qualifying. So it's a good question. At this stage of the game, uh, we have more leads than, you know, we, you know, we need. So pre-qualifying is mostly just making sure that what they want is uh, in alignment with what we do. So there's two ways to pre-qualify. There's pre-qualifying based on the project, just to make sure that's what I do. And then there's pre-qualifying based off a of budget. I think if you do the first one, that's okay. Like, hey... Mrs. Jones, like you just want a bedroom painted. Um, ultimately, like, you know, we come with a bigger team. Are you open to getting more things done? No, I just want my bedroom painted. Okay, well, we might not be the best fit. That's fine for us. Now, 
if we know that Mrs. Jones wants her house painted, we're not pre-qualifying based off a of budget. I think that value, um, I think, again, this whole training was about changing the perception of what people's budget is because that was built off of old beliefs and things that, you know, I mean, obviously we're better. So we want to go there and we want to build value. Um, I hope that answers your question. But yeah, I, I only pre-qualify off of the project, not, you know, nothing budget related. Okay. No, perfect. Awesome, man. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, no, great job. Loved it. Look, definitely can continue doing this. Uh, there's a ton that uh, I think we could all of us glean from today. Um, are we going to be able to go back and watch this again? Because there are some like I'm I've got three pages of notes here, uh, but I know that there okay. are stuff that I still missed. Um, yeah. So I'm just curious. We'll be able to go back and watch this. So, so I moved to this place with like the worst internet. I mean, it's terrible. So I can't upload it to YouTube or it'll just, I won't be able to use my computer for two days, but I'll send you guys the link. So I'll just share the zoom link of it. Um, and you guys can go Great. back and watch it. <laughs> All right. So it Thanks for doing this, man. Feeling. Yeah, of course, Thanks man. Come to, the next, come to the next one. Uh, Victor, Absolutely. what you got, brother? And, and guys, if you're in here and you want to ask some questions relating to a scenario similar to uh, to, uh, to Danny, you know, I feel like that's where I can give you the most value. So what do you got, Victor? Uh, hi. So I went to go do an estimate yesterday. Um, and the lady, I think she liked us and everything. But she said we were like $3,000 above everyone else. But I really want the job. Well, I also really need it. But um, how do you think I can go about it to like lower the price for her without us sounding too like, that we're desperate for working, I guess. Yeah. And still bringing yeah. value to her. Well, I mean, what's, so what's her story, Victor? I mean, what, why did you, did you figure out why she wants the job done? Yes. Yeah, so she said it's been like 15 years since she's painted it um, around the gotcha. neighborhood. It, it was ugly compared to the other houses. And um, it's a Victorian style house. It has lead. It has like different things in it. Um, we quoted, uh, I think it was like, Fourteen thousand dollars to paint it. Um, okay. And she said, like, uh, uh, like she got two other quotes before me. She didn't want to share their price, and so after I gave her mine, then she still said that we're like three thousand dollars above the other two. Okay. Well, that's great information because you know that at the minimum she's going to pay eleven grand, right? Yes. You know, this is a trick that we use in the car business. It's not really a trick, but, you know, ultimately when you present someone a price on a car, you're usually selling the payment. All of you guys, most, most of you guys have been to car dealership. They sell you on the payment, right? So they say, you know, people usually go in and they'll be like, I want to be at $300 a month. And then they'll look at a car and the car is like $475 a month. And during the negotiation process, one of the things is, is that they'll say, okay, well, let me ask you a question. If I can get to three hundred dollars a month would you buy this car today what that's called is a trial close right so you're going to do this in a way that not only identifies that she's willing to move forward but we want to make sure it's with you victor right so we need to see like hey mrs jones like if i can get closer to the prices that you've gotten do you feel like i'm the best fit for your project based on everything you've known about us so far based off of an interaction. Like in other words, Mrs. Jones, do you want to work with us? And you need to find that out. Like, is it worth it for you to even start the negotiation process? And again, like I'm always going to say like, 
if you, if you don't have work, you better be negotiating. Like there's not most of what I'm talking about in here is once you get to a point where your pipeline is full, but you better negotiate, especially if you guys grow a crew, there's going to be a time period, the first few months of that new crew where you should be cutting deals to people just to get the schedule full, you know, you need reps. So Victor, my second question to you is like, okay, what do you recognize about the job that for this customer would build value in a unique way. Can you give me some examples? Like, what did you see when you went to this job or what outside of the fact that the house looks terrible, you know, what are some things that you, that this customer expressed to you that they value? I think mostly I asked her and that she said she wants to make it look nice, but also keep it within a reasonable price. She wants to make it look nice, um, but she wants to keep it, in a, in a reasonable price. Yeah. Now, when you go ahead. Also, some sorry. Also, like, I guess she was saying something durable because it's a, it's right next to like a transited street. So it gets dirty with, uh, with like the okay. pollution and everything. Has so she, she has something. she chose, has she chosen colors yet? Not yet. I even offered to be able to help her get samples, go through the whole color process of pickings with her. And then she said she likes that. So she was, from when I was talking to her, she seemed like she really liked us. She really would have liked to work with us. Uh, she also mentioned, she's like, if I do go with you guys, I'm going to need um, references, houses you guys worked with. Just because you're so young, I need to trust that you're going to do a bit. Gotcha. And let me ask you this question. When did you do the estimate? Yesterday. You did it yesterday. Okay. Mm -hmm. So... I mean, there, you know, there's a, first of all, like that young thing, man, I know that you've dealt with that a lot, but I think, you know, you're, you're, you're doing great with that. The first thing is, is that you got to recognize that she hasn't done this in 15 years. So it clearly can't be that important to her. She just knows that she has to do it. So this is a need based customer, Victor, right? This is somebody that recognizes that if she doesn't get it done, it could damage her house. Would you agree with that? Like, I, I think if this is someone that truly cared about, like the way her house looks in some cases, some people care about what their neighbors think, right? Don't you feel like that she would like have done this maybe five or six years ago? Uh, yeah. So I asked okay. her too. I told her, I was like, um, how come you haven't painted it before? She said that she was thinking about doing it during COVID, but when COVID happened, she just couldn't get it done. Okay. Well, in other words, what I'm hearing is I don't really care about painting as much as I care about the money in my bank account. Okay. Mm -hmm. So again, and this aligns exactly with what you're telling me, Victor, is that the first thing she said to you was that you're higher. Like, in other words, she's saying like, sorry, Victor, like you're cool and all, but I have another guy that's willing to do the same project for 11 grand. What are mm -hmm. you going to do? Right. Um, mm -hmm. So the color thing again would be great for someone that actually cared about what people think and cared about the way that it looked. So that's why she didn't bite on that. She's like, yeah, that'd be helpful. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So I think if I were in your position, because I do have historic homes around the area that I live, I want to ask you, what was your walk around like when you did the walk around with the customer? What did, what was that like? Well, so it was just the front of the house. Um, so I talked to her. I, uh, she was over, uh, we went over, well, I tried to get to know her, what she does. She's a lawyer. She, so she makes good money. Um, ah, but, that's good. Uh, uh yeah so i got to know what she does everything about it um and then like we i just looked at the house i told her to give me like 15 minutes while i took some notes um, and then she, she went inside and then you knocked on the door didn't you 
Yes. Uh, she went inside and then I texted her and she Victor. said, okay, I'll be right out. Victor. Okay. So what I've done for you is I've highlighted the type of customer. This is a need-based customer who could care mm -hmm. less, you know, and ultimately they're going to make a decision based off of price. That's what it comes down to because they don't value they don't value the job enough, right? Until you showcase why they should value the freaking job and you missed mm -hmm. your opportunity here. What you need to do is highlight the urgency and the severity of the project in a way that the customer can say, oh crap, I got to get that done and I need to make sure whoever does it, does it right. So what you should have done is you should have taken that customer around the house and showed her all of the, the defects happening because of her lack of care. So I'm sure that there's cracking. I'm sure there's wood rotting. I bet there's wood rotting, isn't there? Wait, sorry, Victor. I muted you, man. You were there was there was noise. What was there wood rotting? Uh not wood rotting, but there was the window glazing that's popping off. So it needs right, more work. Okay. So the window glazing's popping off. Okay. Do you know how to fix yeah. that? Or do you have someone that does? Yes. Okay. So we know so, how to fix that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what I would have done is I would have brought that customer who I know could care less because it's been 15 years and their house looks terrible. I would bring them over to that window and I'd say, listen. Do you realize that moisture is going to get inside of your house if this doesn't get fixed properly? Let me explain to you our process of glazing your windows. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? So I I did that. So like the window glazing, that's something I tried to sell her on. And I told her, I'm Where like, did, so did, did you, did you walk her around the house and sell her on it? Or did you do that in front of her when you were presenting your price? We, I did that in front of the house when I was there with her because okay. it was, it's, it was just the front of the house. So we were able to see everything. Okay. Um, and I, I showed her, I'm like, your windows, they need to be reglazed, uh, because it causes this and that. And then she's like, what she told me, she was like, oh, I'll have my handyman do that. Don't worry. Also the stairs, the stairs were cracking. I was like, okay, this needs to be repaired. Like we can do it, this and that. Sure. And then she's like. Um, I'll have my handyman do it. So, okay. maybe so let are, me, but I would say, I would say this, I'd say, well, why would you, why would you pay someone else to do it when we can take care of this for you? That's part of our process. And I'm sure you, you know what I'm saying? It's like, why would you want to hire yeah. someone else to do that? Maybe she gets certain work done, but if he was that good of a handyman, he probably would have took care of it already. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I mean, if, if my I handyman, he's not very handy. If he's letting your freaking house go to go, to, you know, <laughs> you know, go to wait. Mm -hmm. So I would just say this, Victor, I mean, you have two options here. First of all, you need to identify in your business, how much, how bad do you want this job? One to 10. And it sounds like you need the job, right? So ultimately, if he's going to take care of all that and you can get away with it, sell the job for 11 grand. You know, you make mm -hmm. money. on it. I mean, I mean, it's at the front of the house, right? It's only the front of the house it must be a big house. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, so it's not, but California well, prices. Okay. But ultimately where I'm getting at with this is, is that, you know, first of all, chances are the rest of the house needs to be painted. I mean, there's so much here that we could dive into, but you can look for different ways to build mm -hmm. value. So, I mean, ultimately, mm -hmm. uh, does the roof need to be cleaned? No, it doesn't need to be cleaned. She's, she's kept the um, roof. Up. I think so. Yeah. Well, from when I was looking at it, it didn't look damaged anything. It didn't have rain gutters cause it's a, a V style. Um, okay. So again, oh, so, yeah. what I, what you need to identify is like, hey, this customer is a need-based customer. There's two things that they're going to care about in this case. It's cost is what we discussed, but how can we turn them to a value-based customer? In other words, you're going to save them the pain of having their handyman do it. 
right? So in other words, they don't even know what their handyman is going to charge probably. So you can say, okay, well, I know that I could pay someone to do a thousand, do this for a thousand bucks. So ultimately you might say, listen, Ms. Jones, I understand that you want to have your handyman do it. I know we're the right fit. First of all, I just emailed you that list of references and some jobs that we've done. I have a couple of customers that you can call as well. So that should have been the first thing you do today is getting that email ready to go for someone who is that type of personality, right? So don't wait much longer to get that out. But I would ask you mm -hmm. to call that customer and say, hey, if everything lines up and I can get closer to where your other you know, bids are, am I, are we the company for you? Do you feel like we would be the best fit? You know, so that's the first question I would ask. And then from there, that handyman thing is a variable. I don't think she knows how much that's going to cost. She, you know, unless she pays someone hourly to fix things, but again, he can't be great if he's letting the glazing of the windows go, you know, so ultimately I would look for a way to provide value in that area. Big question, Victor, I'm going to go to someone else, but I hope that helps you brother. Jack, what's up, man? I got you. Got to unmute yourself, bro. Am I unmuted now? Sure. My question to you is: What I come across quite a bit. I pre-qualify. I think I, I, I sent you my pre-qualification -qual form a while ago, maybe a year ago or something. Been a while, but I remember it. Yeah, so I tend to pre-qualify pretty hard. I run things very, very lean. I subcontract out a hundred percent of just not painting, but a lot of other services. Um, so my one question to you is that when you start getting into discovery uh, of asking them, you know, a question like, when's the last time you've had this place painted? Um, and they say, oh, you know, five years ago. I, I tend to dig deeper and find out if this customer is going to have this contractor quoting this job. I find that when I'm competing against a past painter contractor that they have a relationship with and you find out that the experience was good, I'm not sure how you kind of convert them over to yourself, but I find it very difficult, even if I come in a little bit lower, um, where they're going to take a chance and hire somebody because we know humans are creatures of habit. And when they're used to working with somebody, even if the job is 5,000 and, and you come at 42 or 4,300, yeah. I find that a lot of customers will go back to their contractor and say, Hey, century painting came yeah. in at this, they're, they're reputable. Blah, blah. How do you overcome those objections? I know exactly what you're talking about, man. Like, it's like, you know, that it's been recent and it's almost like, well, what, like, what are you looking for? Right? Like if you already trust another company. So I think even though you know that going in, that it was a few years ago, you want to ask the question, hey, have you hired a professional painting company before? And you're framing this in a way to find out what they loved about the experience to make sure that whatever that you plan to do is the same thing that they did. And then remember, we're going to one up that, right? So if they say, yeah, I hired Joe's painting uh, a couple of years ago, they did it. Well, one of the things well, I'd say is, well, if it's only been five years, I'd be a little concerned. Our paint job usually lasts eight to nine years. Do you know what product they well, use? What, but what happens if it's something else? They did the exterior, but they're going to do the interior. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Same you know, thing. It's, it's not five years. Yeah. That's an easy one. You that's know, an hey, easy why one, right? Painting so easy. Yeah. So yeah, if it's a different it product. So <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 So I would say, you know, I'd first find out like, you know, who, you know, maybe they give it to you who it is, or did you have someone paint recently? The house looks new outside, like get them to say yeah, it. Cause sometimes exactly. they won't even mention that. Right. 
you know, right. did someone, yep. someone do it um, and say, you know, Hey, may I ask like, what did you like about their process? You know? And then I would say, well, what are you looking for out of a, a new contractor? I mean, usually I know if I have someone that I really like, chances are I hire them again. Like, is there something other than price that you're, you're trying to accomplish? You know, um, do you ask also- these in person or do you pre-qualify before you go out? You know, Cause I kind of dig that before I go out on site. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I, I think that like winning, winning in an emotional sale is about being in person. It is. I mean, unless you could do a zoom or something, but like, I just feel like the, I have much more confidence when I'm looking at the person in person and showcasing, you know, personality and, you know, demeanor and all that stuff, these things add up. Right. So, you know, to be honest, man, I, I mean, you, you, you know, I think, are you the only salesperson in your organization? I am. I'm the only one. So I would break that habit because it's hard to grow a business if that's how you rely on your sales. And ultimately, like if you ever want to scale your business to sell it, someone else has to be doing this. And if you brought in a salesperson and said, Hey, I'm going to give you leads, but I'm going to pre-qualify them to the 10th degree to the point where, you know, I only work with people that I know or, you know, bought into me. Right. Well, he wouldn't be very happy because he wouldn't be able to make a lot of money, you know? So I would have him on every quote. Yeah. You would would. have him on every single quote. So I know that it's hard right now because you're doing so much, but be careful because at some point you're going to have to cross that bridge, Jack. And what I would say is, is that there's, there's time to pre-qualify and there's time to not you know, ultimately maybe you're spending, are you spending any money on marketing or is it most of it organic? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You are. Yeah, so definitely. that pre, I mean, there's, I mean, there's so many examples I have where people that I've pre-qualified uh, or have not pre-qualified who kind of came in a little sketchy. Maybe I, and I, and I stopped Googling people's homes because I used to do that to be like, do I really want to go? Like, it's a small, yeah, me too. Like, I do that like, to dude, some like, degree. I stopped doing that. And, and I just go and I'm like, grateful that they called and you know look there's been people that have surprised me where they're like hey oh yeah i want you to do this house and i want you to do this other mansion this is just the guest house you know right and I'm like, right, oh my right, God, right dude if i would if i would have googled this freaking house like i would have just judged this person i would have sent you know someone to go take pictures and been done right and like man it's just so many situations like that so again there's a place for it jack but the goal here everyone here is to grow right and ultimately you can't grow unless you can be independent of that process. So again, if you're getting enough leads where you're like, man, I could keep a salesperson busy or at least an estimator. Yeah. Yeah. And you should look for that right now. And you should say, you know what? I'm pre-qualifying way too much. I'm missing out on opportunity, man. See, I, I feel like as, as, as an owner that, uh, yeah, I like, I, I have a subcontracting based model. So I'm hands off with a lot of things and I, I've got good people in place. So it, it, it works well for me. Um, so I feel like as an estimator, um, I don't know if I'm really ready to bring in an estimator because of that, because, well, for one, it's going to be, you know, eight, 10%. Um, and then it kind of takes me out of really, I guess everything, like I really wouldn't do anything at that point because everything's a well-oiled machine for me pretty much. But when you, when, 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 when you've talked to customers like that, that have used a contractor before, even those, those, those times that I run on those jobs, it's like, I always get the same feedback. like, Jack, you know, you ultimately you're right. We just, we just feel better going with this person. You guys aren't that far apart. Let me ask you, what is your closing ratio on people who are happy with a contractor to use, but they, they want to make sure that they're well, not. There's a reason. There's a reason. Of. You just got to know at the core, there's a reason you're there. Like whether you just got to find out, is it price or is it something they did wrong? 
You just gotta maybe it's just a comparison just to keep the contractor honest, you know. Keep, keep a lot of times though. contractors go out and they work for somebody and then they're like, you know what, I could up this a little bit before right. I was so, a little bit more aggressive, and now this time I could maybe so in the training. One of the things I said that everyone values, it was one of the last slides. Do you remember what it was? Um every what I'd say that again. <laughs> everyone values, no matter who it is. Right. And can use it. What is that one thing? Do you remember? I'll tell you if you don't. So I'll give you like, I, I, I don't know. All right. It was, it was time. Right. So again, they might have loved that contractor, but remember what we're selling is an emotional product. There's right. something at the end of the road. They're not, they don't care about us. They care about the result. They don't care about how great we are. They care about what their house looks like when we're done with it. Right. People want that quickly. They don't want to wait for that. In some cases, right. those contractors that you might be competing against are the one or two man shows, right? They're booked out till the end of the year. If you live up north, which I think you're in Carolina, right? Yeah, I'm in uh, Charlotte, you got, North Carolina. You got snow season coming up. Uh -huh. So I would I would pivot right to time and leverage about how you can fit their project in in a, in a way that maybe the other contractor can't. You know, I mean, again, this is just pulling tools out of the tool belt here. But ultimately, if you're competing, right. and this is a very small focus group here of people that have hired someone they liked, and are doing another project and want a competing quote. Well, they must not have liked them that much because I know for a fact, I had a project that someone did really well and I, I needed that same project done maybe somewhere else. I'm calling that person because it's low risk, but there's something right. I didn't like. And it might be the fact that they're too booked out or again, like maybe they don't feel like they're qualified to do the project. Maybe they got away with it on the outside, but they're a little concerned about how they operate mm -hmm. on the inside, right? Gotcha. So if it's an inside project, you got to understand that the psychology behind that is, is there's some doubt there to get a, another person to come in for a quote. So maybe the focus is, is your interior conduct and this streamlined game plan of how your interior process works to eliminate overspray or uncomfortability or convenience and that sort of thing. I mean, again, there's so many variables, but. Well, you're running them. You're running every, you're running every, uh, almost every estimate. Every, almost every one of them, man. I mean, there's just gotcha. so like, it's, again, somebody asked me earlier, it's like, dude, like it has to be our project. If they say, I just want my concrete pool deck painted. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I maybe, but like, you know, most of our customers want their whole house done but outside or inside. Right. Exactly. Same here with me. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, cool, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming, Jack. Uh, Mateo, you, I got you up next, brother. Thank you guys. Mateo, what's up, man? Yeah, hey, thanks for the, you know, all the knowledge you shared. Very important. I'm gonna, you know, go to the group and tell everyone how great it was. I'm looking forward for the next one. And uh, I'm a small company in Massachusetts. I have three guys now. I'm trying to manage more and be less on the field. I'm getting a fourth guy tomorrow. And one of the ways to improve, you know, get the job flow that you were talking about is trying to get GCs, you know. But uh, most, I do residential. And I'm being able to raise my price, have profit, you know, that's how I'm more out of the field. But when dealing with general contractors, usually they're looking for the cheapest one. And sometimes I understand, like, I cannot charge them what I charge homeowners. But I'm having a hard time, like, how do I do to give them a discount? But the quality job, you know, I don't know how to do, like, low-quality jobs. I don't know. I'm having a hard time dealing with GCs, 
different than homeowners and still being profitable. You know what I mean? Because yeah, me winter too. is coming, as you said, in Massachusetts. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want to lose my guys, you know? Uh, That's my I, question. I mean, I would get away from GCs as quickly as possible. I mean, this training has nothing to do with GCs for a reason. You know, they're, you're, you, the, their goal is to save money and be profitable. That's a business's goal. Like, and they, they cut expenses to make that happen. So, you know, ultimately maybe that's not in the cards for you right now. However, I would say this, you know, ultimately there are GCs that value good workers, reliable workers, which is, I know that you are, if you're here. I would say that you should transition this business as quickly as you can to a residential only company. And that's because everything that I taught you today um, does not work for GCs. Very rarely does it work. I mean, ultimately it would be somebody that values you as a person, your business, your relationship, but ultimately they have a budget and they're not going to go beyond that budget because usually GCs have a network of painters. So yes. a homeowner, a homeowner, probably doesn't know the average homeowner probably doesn't know a painting business owner or a painter. Right. So you as the painter are competing with someone that has 10 or 15 other painting contractors, they can call and probably give them work. Right. Mm -hmm. The only thing I can think of that comes to mind is working out a deal and having them agree to doing multiple projects. And that's the only thing I can think of is saying, Hey, listen, Typically I'm at 5,000 on a job like this, but I can drop it to 4,000 if you give me four jobs. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. I mean, if that's what they value, then give them what they want, but also make it valuable to you. So you're getting mm -hmm. four jobs. They're getting a discount. They're almost getting a house for free. If you think about it, because you're taking off a thousand dollars, just being hypothetical here. But again, you just got to mm -hmm. think about what is valuable to this person. It's the money. Mm -hmm. So, but I would never get, ever give a discount. Like if I can't echo this more, don't ever give something without getting something in return. And usually that's the business. It's all about how you say it. Say, listen, I'm willing to do this for you, but it's on the basis that you give us five jobs. And I want to know what the addresses are to those jobs. And I'm going to need a deposit for each one. So each job, you're going to get a $500 deposit. You're going to draw up the contract for each job. They're going to agree to it. And that's going to be it. Very good tip. Yeah. No, I mean, that's it. That's usually accident. they say, oh, I have 19 jobs, blah, blah, blah. But no, do it. I want proof. Of, right? Yeah, do it. Where's yeah. the addresses? Create the proposals for them. Send them. Say, hey, I'm sending you four or five uh, contracts based off of square footage. Tell me the job addresses and I'm going to, you know, do it that way. I would otherwise get out of there. Anybody else have uh, any questions before we go? I mean, I got I got a few more minutes if you guys have anything. Just raise your hand in the thing. Um, I think that's going to close us out for today. If you guys have any questions, I'm happy to answer it. Any scenarios you're going through sales-wise, maybe we can come up with a strategy real quick. Still got 20 of you in here. I mean, maybe you guys all put me on mute and you're you're sleeping. So what's up, Dimitri? What do you got, man? Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, I have a question. So um, uh, can you hear me? What's that? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, buddy. So, yeah, I'm extremely interested in your drip jobs. Um, okay. I missed the chance. That was like six months or maybe. Uh, you offer, uh, I think, like 30 days trial, you know, or something like similar. It was a very short period of time. I think a week or something. Um, um, 
I want to sign up, you know, but I think the 14 days for me, it might not going to be enough micro. We're only three guys, you know, in 14 days, some of my project, it takes like two months. Like just this beautiful house behind me, we're here like a month and a half. Um, and I, if I if I can get the trial just a little longer so I can experience more, you know, and then uh, definitely so far what I see, I like. And um and then uh, if I just if I can see if I can get that one a little longer on a trial. Yeah, so so if you um, do a demo um and you sign up on the day of your demo, Dominic will give you 30 days. So you get okay. a whole so that should be enough. But the key is is to do the onboarding. We do a free training, so that'll get you up to speed really fast. So yeah, you know, you could be up and running in three days. If yeah, really cool. Uh, amazing. Uh, well, we'll I dropped the link. Just book it. Yeah, book a demo and and you know, we'll give you more of a trial. Yeah, and about what we talked today, um, everything that you said, it, it's amazing. You just where you have to be. Uh, um, I don't think there is a bad customers. It's only customers they know a little more, and the customer they don't have. Um, they have a lot of experience with uh, with uh, with the painting houses and all that stuff, and customers who just bought the first house. And we need to understand that they they need someone not to uh, um, tell them what to do, you know, but just to explain a little bit, you know. Um, right. So many people, uh, my my um, not clients, uh, partners, feeling very um, offended when they get the questions from homeowners, you know. Um, I think that's a that's a very wrong way, you know. The so. Um, yeah, I agree. It's it's about empathy, man. We talked that was one of the first slides was just empathy and understanding and putting yourself in the position of in your case, Mateo, the the GC and in 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 Dimitri's case, the customer and thinking about what why why are they having these questions and how can I provide solutions to eliminate uh the the risk, you know. Um you know, it if you look at the strategy as a whole, it's not something that you could just do. You got to practice it. You got to be bold. You have to ask what the budget is. You have to ask, you know, once you get to that point, you have to create solutions. Dimitri, it looks like you're working in a house that, uh, is it a new construction house or? No, that's a, that's a 2.5 million uh, mansion house in uh, Naperville, Illinois. Uh, yeah. So whatever you did to get that job, do that again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, customer, My the new homeowner guy who does not, nothing about the construction. And here is so many contractors, you know, messing him around a lot, you know. Um, I'm me and my partner are trying to be extremely honest with him, you know, with every telling him every possible details, you know, the the way how you build your estimates, especially the ones the last one topic for a doors. I did something similar to him and he was so surprised that I explained step by step, you know, every every possible small detail, um uh, micro moves. You know, and that got me this job. Yeah, you want to build your you want to build your proposal in a way that somebody that is a professional in their realm who can afford a two point five million dollar house would see and it would be like, okay, this is somebody that values their business and values me as a customer. You know, you don't just put a little paragraph together and say, hey, we're going to paint the walls and the trim in a two point five million dollar house. So good, good for you, Dimitri. Yeah. I hope to see you guys at the next one. I'm going to do another one next week. Uh, I'll figure out what topic and we'll just we'll just hammer it out. So. Really appreciate you guys. Um, I'm going to end this now. So if you can, if you got some value out of it, just throw a little message or, or comment in the group that you like the training so more people can come and that'll be more motivated to uh, to do these more frequently. So thank you guys. Have a great day. And I'd love to hear your feedback if you used any of the, uh, any of the, the tips and tools today. See you guys.